<laughs> Call the meeting of the Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order. Mr. Brown, has the meeting been properly advertised? Uh, yes, sir, it has. Thank you, sir. Mr. Stanley, I apologize. I didn't look up for you to get my thumbs up signal. I hope I was good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. At this time, uh, Mr. Mosley will come and lead us in our prayer and our pledge of allegiance. Please stand for the rest of Let us pray. Father God, we are so grateful and humble. We thank you for your bountiful blessings. We just invoke your presence tonight. Give this deliberative body the insight and foresight, Father God, that they need to transact the business of this community. We thank you and we pray for those who are going through the COVID-19 crisis, Father God. We pray that you would mitigate it and help us to ease the pressure for those who are suffering here in Liberty County and all throughout the country. Now, Father God, we thank you. For us in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Miss Mosley. I didn't hear Commissioner Gillard complain about that one, so he must be getting better. Uh, no. <laughs> Hey, uh, Al, Al told Eddie four years ago, and he, he was the only one that kept up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chairman, I want to let you know that we got a visitor with us tonight. I was coming that way, sir. Go ahead. That's quite uh, right. You may notice uh, another camera in the room. Mr. Charles Padgett was, is with us. He is actually a student at Georgia Southern University. And uh, he, he, he's filming, and then we'll do an interview or two afterwards for his part of his work at Georgia Southern. Welcome. Thank you. Let's get... Mr. Gillard, let's get a picture of him, make sure he's on there live. Ricky. <laughs> Got an interview with him, Commissioner. Got an interview. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Patton, good to have you, sir. Wish you well in your studies at GSU. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. The real GSU. I was about to say the real GSU, right? Yeah. All right. Chair, entertain a motion to go into public hearing to discuss millage. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. We're now in the public hearing. Ms. McLaughlin. You've been doing so well with it. Let's see how you close it up. Oh, yes, sir. This, this is our third and final public hearing, and um, we will entertain a discussion, and then we will adopt the final millage rate. So let's kind of review um, what we have already, twice before, but just for everybody's information purposes. Um, I first present to you a, an illustration of what the uh, digest has done and the growth rate for the digest, um, the purple line is the gross digest, and you can see over the past 10 years how it's grown significantly. Matter of fact, the last year. Um, here is your exemptions that they also continue to grow, which leaves us with a net digest this year of $1,411,000,000. Want to um, talk about those exemptions. As you see, they've continued to grow over the last three years in the 6 or 7% range, um, and they are a challenge. We are an exempt-rich exempt county. We've discussed this before. Makes it very attractive for folks to come here, but it does leave you with a bit of a challenge for providing services uh, from property owners who are rich in exemptions. These are those exemptions. Um, the two largest ones is your disabled veteran, which makes up about 24% of your exemptions and your Freeport, which is about 50% of your exemptions. And you can see each of those continue to grow. Uh, this one significantly this year, another 13 million, and Freeport another 6 million. 
I also wanted to illustrate for you what the millage rate has done. As you remember, the county has two millage rates, one for the citizens of Hinesville and then one for everybody else. Um, and that is because we provide a rollback for duplicated services that are inside the city limits of Hinesville, and we'll discuss those in a minute. But this just shows you, um, this gives you a picture of what those rates have done, and we are proposing to maintain the same rate within the city of Hinesville and increase 0.3 mills for the unincorporated area and all the other municipalities. Um, I also like to illustrate how the digest grows. The digest grows in two ways. Uh, reassessed growth, which is your property has been reassessed. It either has been reassessed for values around your area or because you've actually increased uh, your property in some sort of way, added on to it or, or done some changes. Um, the green represents the real growth and the yellow represents the reassessed growth. And as you remember, some of you were still here um, back in 2015 when we were hit so hard with a negative reassessed growth, that year we actually had a net decrease in our digest from 14 to 15 because of this. Um, since then though, we've, we've recouped and recovered and each year we're getting a little bit more reassessed growth. But I love seeing the real growth. That, that's a wonderful thing because that means the current property owners are getting a little bit of relief because there's new properties now on the digest able to be taxed. Um, as I said, we roll back uh, a portion of our millage rate for those citizens who live inside the city limits of Hinesville. Those citizens, there, there are what we call duplicated services. So if you live inside the city limits of Hinesville, the city of Hinesville contributes to the library and so does the county. The city of Hinesville contributes to the Chamber of Commerce and so does the county. So if you live inside the city limits of Hinesville, you should not have to pay for those services twice. So we've identified those duplicated services and um, produced a millage rate equal to those specific services. And here are those services that we roll back for. All of these services, uh, City of Hinesville also provides as well as the county. Um, this slide has a lot of information on how we identify how much revenue we're gonna get, what our budget is gonna be, and how we're gonna collect that revenue. So collectively, these are the three pieces of your digest, your unincorporated digest, your incorporated other is all of the municipalities with the exception of Hinesville, and then the city of Hinesville. So here, collectively, those amounts total $1,410,000,000 for a digest. If we apply the rates that we are proposing, 16.6 for both the unincorporated and all of the other cities, this is the revenue that we will generate. We apply the Hinesville rate, and here is the revenue we generate. Collectively, we will generate about $22.2 million. If we reduce that for a 97% collection rate, which is about what we've been doing, um, that will generate about $21.5 million. Over here is your budget. This has been revised to include some of those expenses that were not originally identified when you adopted your budget in June. So this has increased about a million and a half for some various things. When we reduce that by all of your other revenues that you've got budgeted to include the use of fund balance for the capital items and for the pension shortfall payment that you're going to do, to going to have, and then um, any shortfall that will be identified through uh, taking over EMS, we've identified for fund balance to cover that. 
So basically what you need to operate is 21.7 million. If we produce 21.5 and a 97% collection rate, we'll have a shortfall of about 235,000. In a $42 million budget, we feel that's very manageable. And as a matter of fact, if you look historically, we have achieved at least that much savings from year to year. So we feel pretty confident that we could cover that through savings, even if we don't make all of our revenues, we can cover that shortfall through savings. And if by chance, the collection rate turns out to be 98%, that shortfall, I believe, drops to somewhere around 18,000. So uh, we just feel like we could cover that shortfall. When you look at this year's proposed rate um, compared to what it was last year, and I'm just looking, this slide only looks at the county rates. So last year at 16.3, for a $150,000 home, you paid $978 in county taxes. In the city, that $150,000 home at 14.8, you paid $888. This year, if we bump that up to 16.6, which is what is proposed, you'll pay $996, which is an increase of $18. And again, this will remain zero. If nothing has happened, you've done no changes and your value of, the, of your property has not been reassessed, you'll see no change in your county taxes. When we look at it as a whole, because this was something Commissioner Walden wanted to see last year, is he wanted to see the total impact of all taxes. So up here, if you look at the unincorporated area and all of the other municipalities except Hinesville, on a $150,000 home, last year your collective rate was 38.501. Your property taxes were $2,300. This year, collectively, your rate will be 38.345. You can see right here, the Board of Education actually reduced their millage rate that you have a savings of $27 from the Board of Education. Thank you, Board of Education. So collectively, you still have a savings of $9. In the city of Hinesville, that same $150,000 home uh, will actually have a savings of $27 um, from the Board of Education. The county taxes are not going up. Nothing else is going up, so they're going to save and that's all I have, unless somebody else has something specific or any questions, or if, uh, this is a public hearing, so. Mr. Chair. Yes, sir. And I guess the board members up here probably tired of me preaching this, <clears throat> but I got to preach it one more time. Go back to the exemptions. Okay, if we look at the disabled vet, it's one thing, we, we can't do anything about that for sure because Liberty County, Hinesville is a military town and a lot of people retire here. And a lot, of, a lot of the vets take advantage of what's due to them. And, but when we go to the Freeport, which and I, I have read up on it just a little bit, enough to be dangerous, <laughs> uh, that and my understanding that Freeport has not been allowed to the citizens and taxpayers and voters of Liberty County in over 25 years to make a decision if they want to keep it at 100%. I think that we owe it to the taxpayers at least a chance to be educated 
what Freeport actually is and give them a chance to see, just have some meetings around the county to educate them and get their feelings on it. Because there's a lot of citizens who do not know what Freeport actually is. Now, on the other side, go back to the slide where, um, I think about the last slide from the last page. Okay, now like you said, thanks to the Board of Education. But then, let's look at something else. I believe that this board has the opportunity this year to show the citizens how much we appreciate them and love them by trying to do a little bit more with the millage rate. Uh, if we look at what we've accomplished, we have accomplished a whole lot, thanks to the digest. But that doesn't mean that we have to stop there. If we go look at what the county commissioners has uh, achieved by accepting EMS from the hospital, which is about 50-something employees, is that close to right, Mr. Brown? It's, it's probably somewhere around 47, about 27 full-time and another 20-something okay. part-time. So if the hospital was getting, what is that? I can't see that good from here. Uh, 3.843 millage, and a mill is about, what, 1.4, Ms. Kim? Yes. Right now, the Board of Commissioners has accepted that those 47 or 50 employees. The information that I requested last night and got it this morning, and thank you, Mr. Brown and Ms. Kim, the employees itself was costing the hospital $1,505,585. The benefits was $410,589. Comes to a total of $1,916,000, and $174. This is money now that the hospital does not have to pay. And since the county commissioners is taking over EMS, I believe that we can do the taxpayers a whole lot more better since the hospital does not have to pay out this kind of money anymore and reduce their millage since this board of commissioners has the authority to reduce their, their millage. I'm not for taking any that much away. We just want a little piece of the pie to help compensate for this one million nine. Now, uh, earlier I think I asked Mr. Brown, was the hospital getting any care money? Okay. I've done some digging around and they are. Okay. The total amount roughly total amount of everything uh, is going to be close between $9 million and somewhere around that figure. So I think this board has the opportunity to do the taxpayers of Liberty County a little bit more justice than what we're doing now. Now is the time to do it. 
And I understand that they have COVID, they have indigent care, but what were they doing when they had COVID, indigent care, and EMTs? Thank you, sir. Any other comments from the commission? Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Chairman, I've, um, I know we, we mentioned this during some of our budget uh, meetings. Uh, Commissioner Stevens uh, brought that up, and I was uh, out, out of town today, and I didn't. I saw the email come in, but I hadn't had a chance to look at it. But um, I, 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 I'm trying to, um, Joey, uh, Mr. Chairman, and anybody could Kim could help me with it. The the millage rate that we set for the the hospital authority is it the same every year? I mean, is that do, do we give them that same amount every year? No, it fluctuates sometimes. Fluctuates, okay. But it's depending um, on what they need. But over the years, that when when we've given them that, it was um, it included the EMS. Whatever they, I, I'm not. They just we don't um, budget for them. We just adopt a millage rate and the. Uh, tax commissioner sends them the money. So mm -hmm. what that money goes to, I, I couldn't address. And I think, I think, uh, um, and I gotta say, I could be wrong, Kim may know this. I, I think the Hospital Authorities Act allows you to supplement them up to seven mils for indigent care purposes, is exactly what the law says. So uh, I'm not sure what the indigent care what that amount is right now yeah. over there. Okay. Uh, whether that three point eight, eight covers it. Okay. Uh, which would be roughly, you know, let's call it forty two. Three million. Uh, okay, oh, so call no, it. 40, it's, no, it's four point two. Point five million. Or so, so. so the question is, is the indigent care cost at Liberty more than than what we're what they're achieving on millage, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 asked us up to seven for indigent care purposes now. No, they've never done that. No, that, that's okay. pretty Correct. steep. I, I don't, I don't believe, and I think I hate to put him on the spot. Derek's here, but I don't believe that the energy care costs are covered by that millage. Right, and, and that's that's what my question. I, I guess, and I, I was trying to um, just get a better feel for the for the concern is that if we give them X amount of mills, or, or in this case, dollars, for that purpose then moving EMS is not af affected by the purpose that we're setting that mail for if it's for indigent care. That's mm -hmm. indigent care and EMS are two. They are two different things. You're exactly right. But, but I, think, I think, and again, I'm not looked at their books. Kim's got a copy of their audit if we want to break and get it. But uh, their indigent care cost actually went up this past year also. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to myself over here. I'm about to say, I don't even see your, your mouth moving right now, but I hear you. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I, I, want, I don't know whether indigent care went down or whether it went up, mm -hmm. but that's really why you leverage the millage for them under law is to care for, is for indigent care. Now, again, it's always exceeded what the millage rate was, well, and, there's and they've never levied. So. There, there's indigent care, and then there's bad debt, and within that bad debt is also indigent care indigent. and other things. So I, I you know, there's a line item indigent care, but then there's a line item of bad debt that's significantly higher. So I'm not sure. I don't know. And they, if I'm not mistaken, they ha that they've remained flat for the last several years. It's not no, asking for an several. increase. 
Mm, or is this an increase? No, this year? is staying the same. That's why I said this is just staying the same. This is flat. I, th yes. I think it's been flat for at least the last three years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mr. Rogers here. Derek can address the indigent care yeah, piece. So go, go pull it in the seat. Um, just to address the, the difference in indigent and um, bad debt. So we had over two million in indigent care. Mm -hmm. However, we have roughly 23 million in bad debt. Now, what the definition I believe says is it covers indigent poor. So what the definition of poor is, you know, but a part of bad debt and a, um, applying for indigent is following through with, um, you know, providing all the resources for us to qualify you for indigent. So it, you may be in bad debt and you may be qualified for indigent, but you do not do your personal um, part to follow through to be qualified, to be deemed qualified. So your amount remains in the 23 million, but you may have the rich as well that is in the 23 million. There's no way for us to pull out what additional in indigent is actually in that bad debt. So when you, when you look at millage as a whole and indigent as a whole, yes, it is more than the indigent dollar of what's been classified legally at, you know, and they have followed through with providing the information. Okay. All right, question. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, what's your name now? Derek Grozier, CFO. Okay. This will be the fourth year. What about the additional funds that you all have received from like the uh, Paycheck Protection uh, and CARES money? So that has went towards... And, and, and what amount was that? Just... Um, paycheck Protection was around 4.5. Five what, million? Million. Okay. And of course that went towards salaries. Um, that has been forgiven. However, the HHS funding um, has not been. Um, it's a little over five million. Um, that is still under um, review and um, not forgiven at this point. That's so correct. If you were to lose the one point nine, as Commissioner Stevens is saying, and it has to come back to the county, then who would pay indigent care if you couldn't pay it? The county. Okay, so regardless if we pay it him or Joey or they pay it. It'll be, if it comes back over here, you'll be the one saying, I've got to cut these checks for energy care. Is that way it would go? 
How would that happen, George? I mean, if the hospital can't pay it, how would you pay the indigent care? You talking about if you build us for indigent care? No. Well, I'm just saying to, it's it should be provided by the county, right? It, oh, it, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. It would just we, mean we if they want to cover 100% of their indigent care, they would increase their millage rate right. to cover 100% of their mm -hmm. indigent care up to a legal rate of seven mils. Okay. And that also right covers now, our debt service, right, on the right bonds. Now you, if you take the 1.9 out of the ambulance situation, the EMS, and you put it back in under your <coughs> organization or the county's organization, that would put them short. So somewhere along the line, they would have to, if there's indigent care out there that they can't pay out of the budget that they've got, <coughs> then they're going to have to get money from us, right? I mean, you don't never know from one year to the next. You're hoping that you budgeted enough for energy care. They would come back in and ask for an increase in the millage to take care of Over indigent it. care, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they would get right it Right now it's right. in their bad debt. So we'd be, we'd be back at it again. Yes, yeah, sir. We, we have increased our rate to cover the things that we are absorbing. Our full-time firefighters taking on EMS, we, we've increased ours. Mm -hmm. They're wanting to just remain the same. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, and I'm not sure how their structure is set up, if they specifically identify, you know, this is covered through millage, this is covered through millage. I'm not sure how they work it, but at the end of the day, relieving them of EMS helps them to just use what they have to cover other stuff is the way I, I yeah, believe I see it. Yeah. Well, and I, I do want to add that um, over the years of us maintaining EMS, so we always um, offset the expenses of EMS with the um, AR receipts collected off of the billings. So actually for month of September um, 2021, we're having to adjust off 3.5 million due to the um, loss of EMS that we've acquired over the years. So that is hitting our books this year um, as well. I really didn't even want to get into that. Well, hitting our books. Uh, Mr. Chair, <laughs> Mr. Chair, Eric, you, you said you are looking at a loss from EMS over the years of um, maintaining um, EMS on our books. Okay, so that means that loss, that same and the EMS is not a money making. No, it's not. It's not. Okay, so that means that loss now is going to come over to the county commissioners, and now we're going to have to absorb it. Going forward. Going forward. Going forward. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. If, if, we, if we have a loss. I mean, the only, know, the do you only. remember um, how we had solid waste assessment over collectively over several years? Mm. The solid waste, waste fund owed the general fund. Right. Every year. The general fund just kind of carried it, but there was this receivable, this due from solid waste that continued to grow that we could never get back. We just, and that's why we implemented the solid waste assessment. Now, we never <coughs> fully wrote that off. That's still sitting there, and I mean, technically, you could call it, definitely call it a bad debt because it's been there for 20 plus years. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a bad debt we just haven't written off because it's a huge <coughs> hit to us financially. But it, what he's saying is they have collectively over the years built, built up. up this bad debt because EMS could never sustain itself. Mm -hmm. Never and that's will. That's what we're taking on. And there is, and, and to take that one step further and make it a little more complicated, 
not directly, but indirectly, the millage that you're levying on your general fund. Actually, actually that's not right. The, the fee that you're paying on your solid waste fund slowly is helping to pay that back. So we're getting paid back for that, albeit slowly. Very slowly. Very slowly uh, over the time. But we are attempting <laughs> to try to collect it back. So, you know, to do that. Without the, burdening the current taxpayers yes, yes. all at once. The only other thing that is a consideration, I think you said it, was that the board is obligated, albeit not at once, uh, to ensure that the debt on the facility, the bonds, mm -hmm. are paid. Uh, that's actually a, it's backed by the commission to do that. So it's a combination of that mm -hmm. and indigent care uh, that primarily you're responsible for. All right. Mr. Chair, yes, sir. Uh, just a few questions as well. Uh, I know when I, I first uh, got on this board, it was during a time when President Obama was really pushing for the Affordable Care Act. And I know that was an issue from the federal level down to the certain states decided not to, to receive the money that would benefit everyone across the board, black, white, female, male, everyone. Uh, and we had that discussion then about the impact that it will have on local governments from the hospitals. And one thing, and I know you know this as well, there's not a lot of rural technical hospitals that the, the, a county even have a millage rate set for them. And if you've noticed throughout the years, how many hospitals have closed their doors because of, of lack of funding? Uh, and that's, that's always been something that I've been passionate about, being able to, to have the opportunity to serve our, our citizens with great health care. You know, uh, as much as we, we want to move forward as, as a community, there are certain things that you have to have. And I've always looked at healthcare as a, a, a part of infrastructure. Uh, dealing with the, with the indigent care, ha, have you seen uh, uh, increase or decrease in the indigent care billing since, I guess, let's say. Since uh, ACA. Right. So it actually went down, but the reason it went down is because, so there was that additional coverage However, the higher deductible plans, these um, individuals can no longer pay, they can't meet their deductible. Right. So until they meet their deductible, the insurances do not pay us anything. So that's why our, it shifted from decrease in indigent, but an increase in bad debt. So now, you know, you, you no longer qualify for indigent because you have an ACA plan, right. but you can't meet the deductible so therefore, we still go, um, you know, unreimbursed. Right. So, so basically, it's technically, if you look at it, I mean, indigent care or you want to call it bad debt, both of them are technically bad debt. They're right. just different line items being billed a certain certain That's way, right. correct? So again, and 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 I, I'm not even, I can't even put my mind around this discussion that we're going to have next year. You know, we're bringing on. The other employees and technically the bad debt that we're going to be talking about well next year but but right now uh 
what can we do as a community to talk to to our state legislation? Because we're we're not the only county going through this right now. And yes, we we could we could say that we need to take a millage rate decrease down from the hospital authority all we want. And I'm not saying that's the right way to do it or, or not. But at the end of the day, what can we do as, as communities to have this discussion to reach to Atlanta? And I think I've mentioned that nine years ago. You see? But, but, but I, I hear what you're saying, Mr. Chair. Mm -hmm. But really, again, what, what was it, uh, the Medicaid? That, that, that we, the, the state declined <laughs> that money. Y'all remember that? Mm -hmm. and, and it was basically what, we had to repay, what, pennies on a dollar? But because of political reasons, they said no. And who's suffering? You know, we, we, we definitely have a great relationship with every, from the cities to the development authority to the hospital authority. Mm -hmm. But we're here talking about money because of some people regardless of, of their political affiliation, wanting to play politics over the quality of life of citizens. And that's where I really have a, a, a strong attitude to all of them under there. And, and, and I know we could talk to our state rep, but he's only one man, but we need to talk to these other communities that are going through the same budget hearing and millage rate setting, and we have to get together and tell them enough is enough. That, that's our job. That's what we could do from our level. We, we have to come together and tell them this is what happened right here because they want to play politics over people. So I guess that's that, my spiel. That, that's very well said, and you are right. A lot of that happened in Atlanta, but obviously this is where it ends pretty much right here because there's no doubt we need we got to keep the hospital open. I'm definitely for that and for EMS. You know, a, a, a county our size without EMS, what are we going to do? Hire a contractor or somebody to come in here? These are our people. And that hospital has done a tremendous job during this pandemic, and we all know that. So, you know, I, I, I don't, and I know that you probably don't, or the hospital doesn't have, like, you know, a different set, or you may have a different set of books for EMS when you had it. And then, you know, the, the money may have been funneled over there, some of it, to help offset some of your costs. But right now, but right now you know, you got bad debt. You know, that's why a lot of little hospitals are closing. Yeah. They can't afford to keep the doors open. You know, and, and I'm all for whatever we can do to help them, but it did start when Medicaid got cut, and that's right. happened in Atlanta. And that's the only thing I'm saying. Right. But I right. don't know if, that that would help us, you know, with EMS. Right, right. It, 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 that it, helps it might our not, indigent absolutely. population. Right, it, it might not help today. Mm -hmm. But, again, this has been a conversation I brought up many moons ago. Yep. And what I'm saying now, if we can find out what other communities, especially ones who have hospital authorities, I know they're going through the same thing. Yeah. Let's communicate. Let's sit down and discuss this. Put a committee together. I mean, we have a committee for everything. But this is something that we truly need to have a committee for and talk to these other communities. 
Prime example, Chatham County. Same thing happened with them, with Memorial, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's coming. And then throughout Georgia, especially in the rural areas, you know what's happening? Whenever this hospital closed down in this community, where do they go? And with us being a public hospital, we can't turn them away. Nope. So I don't know if it's the millage rate that we need to look at, but I know what we definitely need to look at is under that gold dome mm. and explain to them what we're going through, and they need to fix it. Put political, Republican, Democrat, independent, put that to the side, and let's focus on, on solutions. Because all the time, what do they do? They give us a mandate mm. without a check. <laughs> But it comes downhill. And then now we have to tell our citizens, oh, well, we have to raise, raise your taxes. Then they upset with me. They upset with everyone else in the room. And we're doing it year after year. Energy care or anything. So let's just see how we can take care of our people. But tell them, don't turn down money just because you're mad at somebody. That's, that's not even how you do business. I know a lot of people who don't even like each other that get to a table and do business and walk away happy because their bank accounts are looking good. So we, we need to figure out, I don't know what we need to do, Mr. Brown, but we need to find out the other communities that are going through this, and we need to sit down. January is coming up. This is the time to do it. This is when the politicians... Their ears are open now. Once they start moving up there, it's nothing we could do. But let's let's look at that now, please. I think Ms. Mims is going to help us out a little bit. Thank you. I'm Tammy Mims. I'm the CEO of Liberty. I've been here for a couple of years. Um, I appreciate your comments. Uh, we just recently had a meeting a couple of weeks ago. We're very fortunate to have um, Al Williams be very vocal and passionate to support us. And he helped us call a meeting with a representative from Warnock's office and Ossoff's office. Uh, Buddy Carter has called multiple times, and we've been reaching out trying to get help um, at that level. We recently have just been identified uh, for the last phase of subsidy funds um, that in the analyzer that Liberty County is no longer considered rural. So the extra millions of dollars that's going to be out there, the total is... 8.5 billion? Ford rule, 17 billion total. Right. So there's 17 billion total, but for the rule component of all of those patients that we took care of in Liberty County with COVID, and we took care of 94% of them, Great job. we won't get the extra funding because when you go to the analyzer, the federal government has now decided we're not rural. We won't get that component. That's probably millions of dollars for us that we, we won't be eligible for. So I've called Buddy Carter to say, you need to help us. We're a critical access hospital. How can we be a critical access hospital? We were licensed for 25 beds. During this last uptick, we had 52 inpatients. Mm -hmm. We're only licensed for 25. That's not counting out patients. We had patients on cots, laying in the halls running out of heart monitors, running out of oxygen. We had no beds, and we're not rural. So we've made the phone calls. I have a CEO phone call twice a week to say, what are you doing? What's working? 
There's not a hospital that I'm aware of, and we just left a conference to come here for this meeting. There's not a hospital that's not going to their county asking for help and asking for an increase Absolutely. because they can't make it. Most of them are already shutting down services. You can look across the board. There's n we're one of two critical access hospitals in the state of Georgia that still deliver babies. Everybody else got out of the business. Now medium-sized hospitals are getting out of it as well. It's too costly. And they're telling their citizens, you'll have to drive an hour for that service hmm. because they can't afford it. We have chosen to continue doing those services that our community needs. We have Dr. Borkway. He delivers 30 babies a month. Do we want to ask those 30 ladies to go somewhere else and possibly not get prenatal care and have even a worse mortality, maternal mortality rate for Georgia, which is we're the worst that's out there? So I think, you know, will, would the Medicaid expansion help? Absolutely. They, want, they don't even want, when we go to the Capitol, they don't even want us to put those two words, you know, together, <laughs> Medicaid expansion. Now, you can call it something else and pretty it up and maybe get to the same um, discussion, right. but it's like off limits, off limits, absolutely. So, I, you know, I agree. We've got, to, we've got to have conversations. Georgia was the third highest state in the country for hospitals closing since 2010. Absolutely. And, and it's for a lot of these reasons. We have gained a lot of efficiencies over the couple of years since I've been here. When I first came, we had six days cash on hand. That meant we could pay our bills for six days if no other money came in. Today, we're a lot better off because we've made some improvements and done some of the things that, you know, to be creative and to um, just be more efficient. Now, on the other hand, being a, being a critical access hospital, you'll get hit and you'll have to have a payback. And we've, we've had a huge payback because the government doesn't reward you for efficiencies. And we can have another conversation on that another day. It's yeah. pure politics, but it is what it is. So I feel very um, sensitive in uh, not asking for funds that we don't need. However, the, the overall uh, looking at EMS on a monthly basis, when I first came in, I kept asking, when will we reconcile? Because most people that manage the EMS for the county, there's a quarterly reconciliation from the expenses minus the receipts, and then it's paid. And we didn't have that, and we haven't done it for years. I think it was 2008, Joe, or something? Or When it went over? Yeah. It was like oh, no. 90 in the... 90-something? Okay. In the 90s. Oh, quite a while, quite a while. We started mm -hmm. um, doing different paperwork and all since, mm -hmm. you know, a period of time. So I, I, don't, I don't know that anyone's ever considered the, the millage was in, in consideration for the payment of EMS. There was never really an agreement, um, and there was no, no reconciliation. So, but whether, you know, one hand gets it or the other, as I talked to Joey, we are one because we have not done things in our hospital as far as maintenance and there's millions of dollars in that building that needs to be done. And for the last several years, they haven't been able to afford to do it. And we have put a Band-Aid on a Band-Aid on a Band-Aid until the Band-Aids are popping off. And when you have buckets collecting water, you know, when from the last rains that we've had and pipes 
Um, anybody that's walked through the hospital has seen them, the ceiling tiles being wet. You know, we're, we're going to have to put some major funds in to uh, when you don't maintain something, the Band-Aids only last for so long. So whether we, you know, keep maintaining of what we got or um, come back with our hands open to say, hey, here's the huge list. What do we want to chip away at it? We just keep doing it day by day by day. You know, in the um, meeting that we were just in, um, everybody's preparing for another uptick. And what we've been through for six weeks of having some employees work for 18 days, some work 21 days without a day off to take care of our community, they said it'll come again probably in January. We're already seeing flu. We see, you know, a lot of people going to major things, not unvaccinated. Everybody has known somebody that's had it or even passed away, which has been very unfortunate. Um, but, you know, January's coming, you're right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we'll weather it again. We're trying to prepare as best as we can uh, for it. But you're right, we don't turn anybody away. Our doors are open 24-7, and we're here to serve, serve the community to the best of our ability. I think the organization has done a terrific job, especially, you know, we are not a trauma center. However, we have taken care of trauma patients, and we did for six weeks. Right. Having 51 inpatients, we had 14 ventilators, we put in over 40 chest tubes. We did one tracheostomy because the patient was on a ventilator so long. That's what you see. I worked at Memorial Hospital for many years. That's what we do there, not in a community hospital. But we had no other choice but to take care of our own, and that's what we did. So. I agree. I think that, you know, there's groups that can be put together to say, hey, how can we do some things better? Um, we've got to, you know, it's got to go through the state to then get to the um, federal um, government. I've um, been on the phone with several people yesterday and today to try to get some help to say, how can the citizens of Liberty County not be considered rural? But on the other hand, we're paid <laughs> by being rural. It just doesn't make sense, but mm -hmm. as the uh, representative said, that's the federal government and they can make their rules as they want them. Right. We just have to then work by them, unfortunately. So. Where do we sign? Huh? Where do we sign? <laughs> well, if you ask one thing, you know, when we look at our market share, we have over 72% of the business that we perform here in our community leave our community and go to other hospitals. 72%. Mm. If we kept a third of that, we'd help pay for a lot of things. So, you know, ask everyone, um, you know, just like we've done on our health plan, if we have the service here, you have to come here. Why would you not use your own facility? And so we've, we've done a tremendous increase um, in that. Um, but if we, you know, have even a third of that 72% that's driving to Savannah or wherever, support our local facility, it would, it would help dr dramatically. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. Mr. Chairman. Yes, sir. Uh, I got cut off earlier. Mr. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. Appreciate you coming. Um, there's been a lot of talk here tonight about bad debt. Um, I think when somebody's in the hospital, and regardless who it is, if uh, they live, I don't. I don't consider that bad debt. That's a uh, pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's a word I don't like to use. Mm -hmm. 
it's probably about like a mm -hmm. essential worker. That's I right. If they're here, they're all essential. But um, I've had the unfortunate opportunity to, to be in that hospital um, a couple of times. And I want to tell you, you got a, you got a great staff. Commissioner Stevens has brought up some good points, um, but he and I have been on this board a long time, along with some of the other ones. We paved roads of over $1.9 million, and we paved them again, and we'll pave them again. So once it's done one time, we know I can carry you to the road that's been paved three times, well over a million dollars. Easiest thing for us to done is left it dirt, but I don't think that's the answer. That's the easiest thing to do. So I don't have a problem with um, what you what you've got here. I, I know Commissioner Stevens had, had addressed it. Commissioner Fraser talking about us going to Atlanta. We can reach one another right in this room, and we know where you're at. And I think that's the first thing we've got to be able to do. Because obviously we're, we've lost something. Uh, the chairman and I, we graduated together, and I can tell you the first job he had. Yes. <laughs> it was at Liberty Memorial. Memorial Hospice, <laughs> and a lot of my friends. But, you know, I hate to raise taxes as much as anybody. But, you know, I can't put a price tag on. I don't even have an idea what you're talking about, uh, you know, sometimes about the the aspect of saving a life, but I, I have had the, the like I said, the, the opportunity to be up there, and you've got some people. Talk to the la a lady there that was driving 46 miles mm -hmm. one way to come to work because the other nurses had, had been working for 15 or 20 days. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we are a rural hospital, but I believe we can, we can you know, if we can show other folks what we can do, um, you know, maybe it'll open some eyes up, but the um, the taxes is a big issue. But I'm willing to help, and I'm going to help, uh, because I think that there's no such thing as a bad debt. Mm -hmm. Not when a human life is in right. I agree. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Walter. All right. Thank you all. Growth is a double-edged sword, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. We, we, yes, we get we, the growth and we love it. It comes along with it. <laughs> but it means we're not a rural hospital. Yes, yeah. We're a metropolitan area. Oh. <laughs> surrounded by rural counties we that come to us. We still got our pride. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, is it? Um, we're in a public hearing. Commissioner, do you have okay. uh, General public, uh, is anyone here to speak or ask questions about the presentation <laughs> that uh, Kim has presented? Ricky? Ricky, that's why you're here? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not for that one. Okay. All right. Mr. Chair, just, just a quick question because uh, I, I know it was touched on as well. Of course, disabled veteran uh, in, in that percentage of exemptions. What about the Freeport? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I know Commissioner Stevens discussed that as well. Uh, Ms. Kim, can, can you explain to, to our viewers what Freeport tax is and, and, and how it's implemented, not, not only just in Liberty County, but even statewide? Statewide. Well, I think it's county by county, right? They vote on whether or not to exempt um, inventory that's inventory. on hand. 
Right. Um, Say that again. Inventory. inventory. Right. That's on hand. Which is a different word from abatement. From a different word than abatement. It is. It it means that any inventory. I'm sorry. That you have on hand right. at January first mm -hmm. will not be taxed. Absolutely. Right. Um, and and a lot of counties do uh, a Freeport exemption of some fashion. I'm, I'm assuming most all of them do, do of some extent to try and attract industry and business here. Um, and then it's up to the voters actually uh, to decide one, if they wanna approve that or two, um, I guess depending on what's on the referendum, if it's going to be for a lifetime or uh, you know for a, a de-escalating kind of scale, 100% for maybe, I don't know, five years and then 70% for the next five years and ho however it's set up. Um, but yeah, when it was voted in, yeah, it was voted in at 100%. So it's, it's, it's only for manufactured goods. Right. right. So, so uh, industries like Interstate, Chemtall, anything that actually makes the product there in the manufacturing process right. would qualify for Freeport. Warehousing would not. Right. So that, that I.e. Target. In. And that, that's right. correct. Rec room. Yep, yep. And then so the voters get a chance to vote, and they get to vote the level. Did I say rec room? My bad. Yeah, they get to vote the level, whether it's 100%, 70%, 50%, and there's not really a de escalation clause that's allowed in the law. So, so you vote the percentage in you want. Mm -hmm. What the, the option of the voters, if if they're chosen to go back to the polls again, would be to say, number one, do you want Freeport and do you want it at this rate? Do you want it to stay at this rate? So question for you on that Freeport, it shows 50%. What's that 50% number? That's 50% of, of our total exemption. Oh, sorry. Okay. Of the exemptions. Freeport makes up 50% because, because of I'm our almost, total exemption. Because I'm almost 100% that we are 100% Freeport. Right, we right. Are, which we, most we are. are. And, and, and that's what I was getting to, Mr. Mm -hmm. Brown. Most, most competitive counties throughout Georgia, I, and, and like I said, I, I haven't looked at those numbers, mm -hmm. you know, uh, recently, but I know the last time I did look out of the 159 counties, it was 161 of them that probably had some type of free port. It, it was it was a joke. It was a joke, right? I said 159, but, but the majority, the, ma <laughs> the majority of counties have some type of free port, or less. It's it's a smaller community with no industry. With no industry. Right. No industries. Right. So. How many? Right. I mean, right. County. Right. But but I, I think they even have it set up, and they're just. They're still having difficulties recruiting industry. And, and, and that's the thing now that we really have to understand and really be careful about because we are truly blessed for a community our size to, to have the type of industries that we do have. Mm. Now, Freeport, exemptions, tax abatements, that's, that's two different things. You know, I, I might say that we might need to look into to that side, but I just know, uh, especially speaking to the other commissioners throughout the state, if if we have no type of freeport, we have no industry. We don't. I, 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 I can almost guarantee you that because especially now, that it's so competitive, mm -hmm. you know, uh, even our, our development authority, which I know our chairman sits on, it's, it's sometimes when, when we have, we throw the house and the kitchen sink at them, and guess what? Someone throws the house, the kitchen sink, 
and they give them a dog, and then they go for the dog. So it, it's so competitive out here that we really have to make sure that, A, I understand what the taxes, but if we lose industry, then taxes don't go up even more. So we, we just have to make sure that we have some type of strategic plan on how we move forward with this and just be careful at which direction we go. Thank you, sir. All right. Okay. Everybody's good. Chair Tanner motion to come out of public hearing back in the regular session. So move. Second. Second. All in favor, raise your right hand. All right. Back in the regular session. If you will continue, please, Ms. McLaughlin. Okay. So now what I have for you are three resolutions to actually adopt the millage rate. I'll I have to read them for the for the record. I'll start with the unincorporated and then the uh, incorporated combined other, and then the Hinesville rate. To pay the expense of administration of county government, to pay principal and interest on debt, to build and repair public buildings and bridges, to pay the expense of courts, the maintenance of support of prisoners, and to pay sheriffs, coroner, and for litigation, to build and maintain a system of county roads, for public health purposes, and for the collection and preservation of public records and vital statistics, to provide for payment of old age assistance and aged persons in need and for payment of assistance to needy blind and to dependent children and other welfare benefits consistent with the laws as created by the General Assembly, to provide for fire protection of forest lands and for the further conservation of natural resources, to provide medical or other care and hospitalization for the indigent sick, to acquire, improve, and maintain public facilities, to provide for workers' compensation and retirement or pension funds for officers and employees to provide reasonable reserve for public improvements. The mill rate for all of the above is 16.6. For the school board, 15.902. For the hospital authority, 3.843. For the industrial authority, 2.0. For a total mill rate for all purpose, 38.345. It is ordered that the above and foregoing levy for the year 2021 in the amount of 38.345 mills be spread upon the minutes of the board and be published as required by law this 21st day of October 2021. Mr. Mr. Chair. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Just one question for clarity. Mm -hmm. If we wanted to change any millage, Ms. Kim, Mr. Brown, when can that be interject, or can it be at all? Right now. I mean, you, if you wanted to make a motion, make a motion, not to, I guess, accept this and do something else. Right. Is that what you're saying? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm just. It would be now, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, it, and I think you know, I mean, I don't think it's really part of your question. The only two that you could affect would be yours or the hospital rate. Right. The development authority is set by you, law. I'm sorry. You, you, the only two that you could affect would be would be hospital and board of commissioners. Okay. Yes. Okay. Did someone just called my attention. No. Sorry. Okay. Chair, a motion. Yes, sir, Mr. Chairman. I make a motion. We approve the 2021 tax levy resolution for the unincorporated Liberty County. Do I need to? 38.345. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, motion. Is there a second? Second. Motion to second. We approve the 
three, four, five unincorporated Liberty County is presented. Any further discussion? All in favor, let it be known by raising their right hand, please. Those opposed? One. All right, motion passes. All right. Okay, this is now for the uh, 2021 tax levy for the incorporated combined other, which is all of the municipalities in Liberty County with the exception of Hinesville. To pay the expense of administration of county government, to pay principal and interest on debt, to build and repair public buildings and bridges, to pay the expense of courts, the, maintena the maintenance and support of prisoners, to pay sheriffs, coroner, and for litigation, to build and maintain a system of county roads for public health purposes and for the collection and preservation of public records and vital statistics, to provide for payments of old age assistance to aged persons in need, and for payment of assistance to needy blind and to dependent children and other welfare benefits consistent with the laws as created by the General Assembly, to provide for fire protection of forest lands and for the further conservation of natural resources, to provide medical, or other care and hospitalization for the indigent sick, to acquire, improve, and maintain public facilities, to provide for workers' compensation and retirement or pension funds for officers and employees, to provide reasonable reserves for public improvements. The mill rate for all above, 16.6. For the school board, 15.902. The hospital authority, 3.843. The industrial authority, 2.0. The mill rate for all above is 38.345. It is ordered that the above and foregoing levy for the year 2021 in the amount of 38.345 mills be spread upon the minutes of the board and be published as required by law this 21st day of October 2021. Chair, entertain the motion. So moved, Mr. Chairman. Is there a second? Second. Motion and second. We approve the 38.345 mills uh, presentation for incorporating combined other than Liberty County, Georgia. Uh, any further discussion? All in favor, will let it be known by raising their right hand, please. Those opposed? One opposed? Okay. Thank you. Next, okay. please. Your final one. This is for the tax levy for the incorporated area of Hinesville. To pay the expense of administration of county government, to pay the principal and interest on debt, to build and repair public buildings and bridges, to pay the expense of courts, the maintenance and support of prisoners, and to pay sheriffs, coroner, and for litigation to build and maintain a system of county roads for public health purposes and for the collection and preservation of public records and vital statistics, to provide for payments of old age assistance to aged persons in need and for payment of assistance to needy blind and to dependent children and other welfare benefits consistent with the laws as created by the General Assembly, to provide for fire protection of forest lands and for the further conservation of natural resources, to provide medical or other care and hospitalization for the indigent sick, to acquire, improve, and maintain public facilities, to provide for workers' compensation and retirement or pension funds for officers and employees, to provide reasonable reserve for public improvements. The mill rate for all above, 14.8. The school board, 15.902. The hospital authority, 3.843. Industrial authority, 2.0. Total mill rate for all purpose, 36.545. It is ordered that the above and foregoing levy for the year 2021 in the amount of 36.545 mills be spread upon the minutes of the board and be published as required by law this 21st day of October 2021. Chair, entertain a motion for incorporated Hinesville millage. Mr. Chairman, I'll make a motion uh, to move forward with uh, 36.545 and also want to thank Kim for 
for helping us work on that. I mean, my complete district is in the city, and those folks appreciate it. And of course, a lot of the other commissioners here in their parts are in the city. And we appreciate y'all working with me when we're doing this budget. Thank you. I second that motion. I second that one. Motion and a second. We approved the three thirty-six point five four five mills for incorporated Heinzman for the discussion. All in favor, let them by raising your right hands, please. Those opposed. Unopposed. Thank you. That is all I have. All right, thank, thank you, you uh, once again to echo the sentiments of Commissioner Walden for the work of uh, the staff here. Um, a lot of work goes into to getting to this point, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not an easy or, or speedy process. It's a very thorough process. But we uh, try to be good stewards of taxpayers' money, and we look forward to serving serving well. And we um, uh, promise you that I, I don't know a, a I don't know a governmental official. I, I guess I need to be Liberty County specific in Liberty County that would find pleasure in raising taxes. No one does. No one does. But we certainly know that there are services we have to cover, that we have to provide, that the citizens need, deserve, and must have. So we. Look forward to doing that in a as, as good stewards of our county exit. Uh, and I believe everybody got bruised up a little bit over it, but the public and us. Yeah. Uh, but nothing wasn't an option. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. Thank you, sir. All right. Moving right on. Mr. Chairman, we need to come out of public here. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Before we voted, we did. Thank you, sir. All uh, right. Department reports. Hampo, Mr. Rickinson. Transportation update. Good evening, Chairman Levitt, members of the commission. Good evening, sir. I am here tonight with another reminder that uh, Liberty County is no longer a rural county. <laughs> <laughs> give you an update on the uh, Hinesville. You heard that, area. Commissioner Frazier? I hear it. <laughs> Metropolitan uh, Planning Organization. Uh, this is the, uh, the Metropolitan Planning Organization is the format that the federal government has provided for for urbanized areas like like Liberty County and Hinesville to do transportation planning. If you're not an urbanized area, GDOT or whichever state you're in, the highway department does your planning for you. Mm -hmm. For urbanized areas, they have a process where the local officials can get together and do some of their own uh, transportation planning and, and assign their own priorities. I'm gonna go through uh, just a sort of a brief uh, summary of what we've been doing at Hampo. Mm -hmm. Uh, just uh, going to give you an overview of the whole process. I, I, I know Chairman Lovett and uh, Commissioner Gillard are very familiar with it because they sit on our HEMPO policy committee, but I'm just going to, for the benefit of everybody else, I'm just going to give you like a two-minute uh, summary of what we do. The, uh, the main thing we do is the, uh, the MTP. I'm going to go through a little bit uh, of, of that. The MTP is our, our list of transportation priorities throughout the county. That's, uh, we do that every, uh, we do that every, um, every five years, and uh, we've been a metropolitan area for the last 20 years, so we're we're in we're, we're just beginning our fourth one, uh, fourth one of these uh, transportation plans. That's the most important thing that we. And then TIP is is how we get from the things that we want to do our wish list to our our work program, things that get funded by GDOT. So that's that's the our goal is to get all of our projects that we want to see into that TIP, and then I'm going to go through some of these other things that we do as well. So. Uh, start out with the uh, federal transportation legislation. That's where we get the money to do what we do, and that's actually what funds a lot of our projects. Uh, and the metropolitan <coughs> uh, planning areas have been around since the 60s. Uh, and of course, we've, we've only been a part of that uh, group since uh, 2000. 
but uh, we get funded by, you may have heard, heard of some of these, uh, it goes back to, um, back to the 1990s. You see uh, Herbert Walker Bush there signing the first uh, Ice-T, you may have heard of Ice-T, that was a big uh, transportation <laughs> program, and then they followed it up about seven years rough. later with T, and then uh, under uh, W, we had the Safe T Lou, and that was another big uh, funding project. We had a couple of those under Obama. We had, one was called uh, Map 21, and then we had a Fast uh, Fast Act program. <laughs> and then today we have another one. Again, about six or seven years later, we have uh, Mr. Biden and uh, uh, this administration trying to push to get, push through what's called HR 38 3684, which is I think I, I looked this morning. It's in the it's in the uh, trillions now. So. The, the, the numbers keep getting bigger, as does the cost of providing transportation. So uh, that's just kind of overview of, of where the money comes from. Our background of Liberty County, we were designated in 2000 as an urbanized area. You can see all the other urbanized areas around the state. And you know, of course, Atlanta being the big one, but you can see that we fall in line with all the other or, uh, the smaller MPOs around the state. Uh, so we're you know, adjacent here to Savannah MPO. Uh, our, our MPO is federally designated uh, because we're an urbanized area. Uh, we exist through an MO, uh, MOU signed by, all, by you and the other cities uh, within Liberty County and GDOT. And the LCPC is the fiscal agent for you uh, in, in the um, metropolitan transportation uh, arrangement, just like we are with your planning and zoning. Uh, we have this structure. Um, I'll kind of go through that to, just to kind of show you how everything flows. We've got a, you've got a citizens advisory committee. We've got, uh, you've got three members on that. You've got Mr. Joe Kelly, Mr. Uh, uh, Ernest Brown, and Troy Cook. Those are your three appointed citizen uh, members of that committee. On your technical committee, you've got your county administrator, Mr. Brown, and your uh, county engineer, Mr. Mr. Long, uh, that serve on that technical committee. And then, of course, you have our staff. Uh, and so those, that's, that's where a lot of the, uh, planning projects began and then it, then it flows upwards to the policy committee and that's where Chairman Lovett and um, uh, Commissioner Gillard serve uh, along with other uh, chief elected officials in the county and that's where the, that, that's where the decisions are ultimately made. So going down and of course at, at currently we have the, uh, the policy committee here. Uh, uh, chairman Lovett is the chairman. Uh, Mayor Hawkins of Flemington is the vice chairman of that. The technical committee, uh, Joy Brown as the chairman, and Kenny Howard is the vice chairman. And our citizens advisory committee, uh, Phil Odom, who I think technically represents Gum Branch, even though he lives in the, in the McIntosh community, and is the chairman, and Marcelo Page is the vice chairman. And then, of course, we have the staff. And uh, what, does, what does HAMPO do? Uh, as I said earlier, the most important thing we do is this transportation plan, the Metropolitan Transportation Plan. That's where we look at all of our projects. I think we currently have somewhere uh, in the neighborhood of 140 or so projects that are identified that we'd like to do. Uh, and then we're, we're trying to get all those projects into the TIP, which are the ones that uh, GDOT has chosen to fund. And I'm gonna go through some of those, uh, some of the projects that are in the TIP shortly. And we also have the Unified Planning Work Program, which is, what, how, which is our annual work program of, of uh, projects that we do work on trying to identify new projects and get funding for new projects. And then public participation is very important. Uh, it's very important through the federal process and the GDOT process. They don't want you to come up with projects that are gonna uh, have them staring in the face with 500 angry people who don't wanna see the project. So that's why, we, that's why public participation is such an important part of this uh, project. But some of the other things we do are corridor studies, bicycle and pedestrian studies, uh, concept studies. I'm gonna go through a, a few examples of those as we get on. Um, 
the, as I said earlier, the, um, the Metropolitan Transportation Plan, we're in our fourth one of those. It was adopted last September. We update it every five years, and this is, this is the, the, the origin of all of our planning. I mean, everything, everything that we would like to see get done is in there. Um, what, what, we have to, what we have to do is constrain the projects. We have to take all the money we think we're going to get over the next five years, which is $220 million. No, I'm sorry, over the next 25 years, because it's a long-range plan. Uh, we're, we're expecting $220 million over the next 25 years, and we're going to have to uh, decide what we can fund with that. So the top 41 are the ones that are in the constrained plan, but then we've got a bigger plan. The other 100 projects that didn't make it into that, and um, that, that results in $1.7 billion worth of uh, projects overall that we think we need. And when you think in terms of the federal uh, budget and the trillions of dollars, that doesn't seem like much, but you know, that is a big number for Liberty County. So this is just a snapshot of the, uh, one of the first pages of our Metropolitan Transportation Plan that just shows uh, in a bird's eye view where all of our major priorities are. I'll just kind of go through some of them. You can see there, there's the Hinesville Bypass that we've been trying to get built for the last 50 years. And then that's the first leg of it, and that's in, the, that's in our uh, long-range plan. It's also in our TIP because we've, uh, we, we've got, we're on the way, working on the way of, of getting that, that built. And then we've got some other projects like the, you can't see here in the detail, but um, the median along Highway 84 going through Hinesville. There's another project, and I'm going to show you some more when we get to a more detailed map. Um, the short-range short pro, uh, project, uh, the, the TIP is our short-range uh, stuff over the, that we expect to see funded over the next four years. And that includes things like preliminary, engin preliminary engineering, which your, uh, your uh, freight bypass has been in preliminary engineering for a long time. It's currently in right-of-way uh, acquisition, and of course, uh, I think shortly, in the next couple of years, we're going to be in the utility relocation and construction uh, side of that. So these are some of the top projects that are uh, currently in your TIP project. That means they're funded. That means they're going to happen. The uh, Taylor's Creek Bridge, which is the bridge going out of the backside of Fort Stewart toward, uh, toward Pembroke up in this area, that's a $3.9 million project that's been funded by GDOT and uh, will, will be under construction in, in the near future. The Peacock uh, Creek Bridge, which is on uh, over here near Lewis Frazier and um, where Lewis Frazier and Bill Bill Carter Road come together. Uh, that's a $2.9 million bridge that's going to be provided by GDOT. The 84 freight connector, which we just discussed, uh, I think the current price tag on that's about $30,912,000, and that's going to be under construction within the next couple of years. We've got two uh, lump sum projects. One is the median project, which is the, uh, the, the medians that are going to be installed in the, in the Hinesville area from Flowers Drive to Patriots Trail. And that's, uh, we don't have a number on that yet. GDOT's still in the design phase on that, but that has been, they have committed to doing that, and I expect that will be done in the next five years. Uh, the Flemington Curve Safety uh, Project, which is a traffic signal, and we've been working on that for 10 years, because I've been here for 10 years, and we started that <laughs> when I got here, and we're still working on trying to get a traffic signal. I do know that the, uh, the, amount, of, uh, the amount on that one is about $1.6 million, just under contract. And, and people are getting impatient with it, but it, yes, it is are. under contract, and GDOT says it'll start any day now. And that's, that's, that's what the say. only thing I can get out of them at this point. And then we've got the, uh, the I-95 Intelligent Transportation System uh, Project, and that's a statewide project, but it, you know, we, we do have a good portion of I-95 in our county, and that's $4.3 million. And that's the beginning of automated uh, 
freight type movement. And they're, they're putting some electronics along the I-95 corridor throughout the East Coast, but uh, that's just, the, it's, it's going to help them with congestion management, but the long-term goal is to uh, provide for a network for autonomous, autonomous vehicles. So we're getting pretty sophisticated with our transportation planning in the state. So Mr. Hackler, are those already in prioritized order or just whenever GDOT lets? These are not in any prioritized order. They're just, okay. they're all in the, in the TIP, which means they are funded over the next four years. They will be funded over the next four. Okay, but the Flemington curve should be let anytime. It's already let. It's, it's under contract. And under should contract. Be, should be, it, it should be turning dirt any day. Okay. Any day six months ago. <laughs> okay. In our lifetime. So uh, a big project let, let that we have this, going yeah, on. Uh, we, we had asked them, Commissioner, to, we really kind of had house they may have gotten started during the summer when school was out, at least, you know, so that we try to alleviate the bottleneck because of all yeah. the traffic, in, but it, as you can see, it didn't happen, so. Well, they, they did commit to us that they're gonna work on nights and weekends, so yeah. they're not gonna be out there uh, working when all the traffic backs up uh, at five o'clock in the afternoon, so that, that's at least some comfort on that. Uh, another big project that we've just gotten funded uh, recently, uh, we've gotten a $160,000 federal grant uh, to do an EG Miles corridor study from General Scriven all the way out to 15th Street to look at the whole corridor because it's an, it's an area that's got, uh, depending on where you are, you've got different kinds of problems. Like this first leg up here from Scriven over to Veterans Parkway, we've got this four-lane road with no, no center turn lane. We have a lot of rear-end collisions there. So, and we also have a lot of development pressure here. We've got the 20-acre uh, Ashmore property there that's been approved for a nursing home, and that's going to create some impact. We've got a guy who wants to do an apartment complex over here across from uh, from the uh, ESG uh, com uh, City Public Works complex. The Housing Authority wants to redo their apartments over there in that area. So we've got a lot of development pressure in this area, and we certainly need to get the road right before we continue down the path of, of seeing that develop. And then over here on this end of, of EG Miles and in, in the com more commercial area from uh, Veterans out to 15th Street, we've had a number of uh, uh, pedestrian collisions there, some fatalities there, mm -hmm. and we really need to uh, try to get a handle on that and try to make that road uh, safer than it currently is. So um, this, we, we put this out for bids uh, in the past month. Uh, we've, we've now selected a, um, a consultant to do that work, and we expect that that, that work will be underway in November. So. Uh, we'll be back and present to you our progress and what, what the findings of that study are. Yeah, Jeff, that um, or with all that development uh, that's been proposed and going to happen with the nursing home, the the uh, gasaway apartments, and the, the apartment complex. I mean, and like I said, there's only there's not a turning lane on that section mm -hmm. of um, E.G. Miles Parkway, so. I was just sitting here thinking when you brought that up. I guess when I get ready to go home, I'm, I'm going to catch the train. Since the, <laughs> since the track is right there by, by my office, I'll just catch the train home because um, traffic is going to be crazy if they don't do something with 196, that part of 196. Well, we got some very competent uh, consultants selected, so I, I'm expecting some big ideas. Yeah. And, of course, the big ideas often come with big price tags, so we'll yeah. have to figure out the, the funding part of that. It's, it's bad out there as it is. It is. Okay, other things that we're uh, working on, uh, we did get some additional money this year from uh, uh, federal transit <coughs> to work on uh, bicycle and pedestrian planning. We're gonna be uh, soliciting uh, input from citizens. So if y'all know anybody who's, who's into bicycling or just walkers, 
uh, we'll be looking for some people to, to be on a steering committee to help us come up with some uh, ideas about improving uh, bicycle and pedestrian uh, facilities in the city, uh, or the city and the, well, the city and the surrounding area. But uh, I was going to say, I mentioned the city because the city of Hinesville has made some great strides in the last uh, few years in providing some sidewalks. They've taken advantage of, the, of some, some of the funding that comes along with having the bus system. Uh, they've been able to put some sidewalks. We've collaborated with them too, so we. And the city, in the city of Hinesville, the city of Walterville, and the city of Flemington. So mm -hmm. we're, we're actually uh, making some good strides on that. Uh, another thing we, I want to bring to your attention is the census count. Uh, the, they, there were some concerns last year that they were going to they were going to raise the threshold for urban urban areas, and then of course make us rural again. But that <laughs> didn't that didn't take place. So the uh, the threshold is still fifty thousand. We're going to be over that as part of this as the census numbers come out. So we're still going to remain an urbanized area. We got to wait until we get the uh, till we get the block numbers. We got some of the, they've, got, they've turned loose some of the track numbers, and that's what you are currently. I think you are using to uh, come up with your new uh, county commission and school board district. But uh, they haven't turned loose the uh, the uh, the numbers for the cities yet, and they haven't turned loose the block numbers. So once we get that, we're going to have to analyze that and see just how that affects. I I expect that the uh, the Hampel area will increase over into Long County a little bit more because we've had. We've seen a lot of growth in that area over the last 10 years, so our boundary will probably grow, but we're going to have to look at those census block data and see how much it'll grow. And then uh, the other, other th only other thing I wanted to go through with you is uh, Hampo has to go through a certification process every, uh, every four years just to make sure that we're still um, following all the rules and, and, and adhering to all the principles of transportation planning. And we just went through that. We met with uh, officials from GDOT and um, Federal Highway at the end of September. And these are just some of the comments that they had uh, as part of our process. And one of the things I wanted to point out to you is that they commended our board in particular for how well we, tr how well we represent the community. And I will have to say that I've, I've been an, involved in a lot of these MPO processes and uh, just by virtue of the way we're set up with the, each individual mayor and the, um, the uh, county commissioners and the, uh, the school board and everybody. And, and they do have a very collegial relationship in the meetings, so they work well together, and they complimented us on that. So I just wanted to say that. <coughs> so I think that's it. I'd be glad to answer any questions that anybody has about what's going on or how we how we operate. Jeff, really appreciate you for coming. Um, I guess maybe Joe put you on the agenda because you know, a lot of times we attend these meetings, but you know, Commissioner Gill and I we can give some overview, but it's nothing best than the subject matter expert to stand before us to present. So the commissioners and the community we get to see what's going on behind the scenes. So a lot of things you would never know had not been for these kind of reports. So thank you for coming and presenting. And, and of course, you know, we're on a uh, commissions. We kind of own a, um, a, what do we say? We're, we're in the mode of bringing other presenters before you too. So you'll get a full idea of what goes on at the meetings you all don't again get to attend to include uh, someone from the development authority to come talk about Freeport. That's also on our, our list. So thank you, sir, for coming and, and sharing. Uh, but, but, but I really want to say this, uh, commend yourselves for being a very progressive community. Um, Back to the 196, we're trying to I'll put it in in layman's term. We're, we're trying to get ahead of what could happen to 196. That's already happened to 84. Right, that's right. <laughs> you know, so that's what I, that's what our you time if you want to, sir, but that's kind of what our. our yeah, you, you know, r right across from the public works office, though, um, I, and I've been there 38 years, but we, we've had a lot of accidents right at that Dale Street intersection, mm -hmm. and and they um, the thought was when they built a uh, veterans parkway that the people coming <laughs> out of deal you know you wouldn't have that bottleneck
to make a left because most people would um, get on to veterans to go to that part of you know across the railroad track. Mm -hmm. But 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 we still have them. We we still have them all the time. And I think what happens um, if some way and we we mentioned it to Mr. Howard over what you said and and Paul, if if Deal Street was a a right turn only. only coming out of deal, coming into town, mm -hmm. and people coming from veterans turning into deal. Mm -hmm. But the people coming from downtown going out toward, you know, west on the 196, if they could not make that left in the deal, mm -hmm. that would stop that because that would, um, the traffic would flow. Mm -hmm. And my guys that's coming from veterans to get into um, public works, they wouldn't have to worry about, mm -hmm. you know, that much, um, mm -hmm. you know, cutting across quick to get into the yard or, or whatever but if if deal street was a a right turn right only, only. I, I think that would help because we don't have that turning lane if we had the turning lane then you you wouldn't have that but um that's um i know i've seen um 25 accidents that i'm talking you, you 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 hit a tires streak and then you hit a boom and then everybody runs out on the porch and something that happened we've even had them um try to avoid it and, and come up to the front door. They, they don't ring the doorbell, but they, <laughs> they come right up in the yard, you know, yeah. because it's, it's been that many accidents. So that's, and if you build a nursing home and you build that- um, Townhomes. That townhouses across the street, and then you still got Bobo's seafood mm -hmm. right there, and you got public works right there. So, you know, let's- Everybody love Bobo. Yeah, let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's bring yeah. it on. It's, yeah. it's gonna be bad. How do you address it? Ahead of time, though, Jeff, I mean, this is a state <clears throat> you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, the property's already been sold, so what do you, I mean, is there <clears throat> somebody got a crystal ball to say this is where they're going to get back out on the road? Or how is how is the subdivision going to, I mean, apartment complex will be laid out mm -hmm. to where it's, uh, I mean, they can't come in on deals, uh, come out on Deal Street, even if they make a right turn. I mean, what can you get, Gary? About three cars before you be I, at the red stop. I, I, I think somewhere around across from the, the wooded area where they're going to build a nursing home, I think they're going <coughs> to line that up with one part of um, Schoolhouse Road. Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to line that up. There. there may be, but you got Arlington Park where the, mm -hmm. the people that live in Arlington Park complain that they can't get out. They can't they can't get out because there's no turning lane there. And um, across from Arlington Park, it's kind of a dog leg to go back there to behind Westwood Daycare. Mm -hmm. And But all of that property, and you know, I know Donald and Joy, Eddie, we, we remember when it was all residential, but mm -hmm. it's all zone commercial. commercial so, so from mm -hmm. General Scriven, clean out all the way, road, it's, it's going to be all It's going to be all commercial. commercial. If you put a nursing home there and you put um apartments in there and you you got doctor's office you got the devita daycare you got church's chicken you got and it's all <coughs> commercial and um so it's going to be 84 on the other oh, side of town right. if if it's not really well thought of so it's i mean and then you got public works which probably should have been moved out the airport road somewhere but it's mm -hmm. right in the heart of town um you know and combined uh, by a railroad track and a ditch and by 196 it looked like a yield sign <laughs> yeah. uh, that's where we are like this yeah. we we can't get out as it is and you can't get in mm -hmm. according to what side of town you're coming, coming from. from yeah 
Get ready for that. Uh, Jeff, I think I heard at the city's presentation that uh, the, the folk who are doing the study would be given the information about the townhomes coming so they could include that in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, the, uh, it's not, I, I think they're really looking at apartments. It's not, that's not townhomes there. Okay. okay. Uh, but they're, they're in, they're in a bigger hurry than the study is going to be finished. <laughs> so we're is it going to be like two, three stories or something, Jeff? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's two story. Two story, yeah. Yeah. Three they're story. doing five <clears throat> two story buildings. And yeah. I don't think they can go three, is it? Two. I don't think I don't know. That two. requires another fire protection. Level, I think. It, maybe. Is that, is that why they built City Hall next to the fire station? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's three stories. Yeah. That's right. But you know, it's a... a Jump honestly, out the window. I mean, we appreciate the growth. You know, we just talked about the digest. <laughs> oh, that helps the debt. But, but we're trying our best, you know, to stay ahead and try to manage it so that everybody get to grow together and grow safely and so that the citizens will enjoy a good and safe cost of life because we don't want to see any more lives lost. Uh, because of us not planning, doing proper plans. So thank you for what, what LCPC and what, what Hample does for that. Uh, and I, I've heard Commissioner Jones talk about Limerick and plans out there. So, so thank each of you commissioners for looking out for your respective districts so that we can all try to stay ahead. Uh, but what a great problem to have. What a great problem to have. I think there's a, uh, another development coming in off of Pipkin Road. Um, Really? Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. You know, coming out of there, that's yeah. um, that's gonna be tough. Mm -hmm. Pineland, that'll be yeah. angled with Pineland. Yeah, yeah, right at the Pineland. Yeah. So, so we recognize it. We we don't want one nine six to become another eighty four. We can help it. Uh, do a little bit. Thank you, sir. Again. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. <coughs> All right. County Engineer, speaking of roads, he's got every, He's got all the answers. Am I the only one cold? He's getting there. All right. You just drank some ice. You wait for it. Ice. I'm sure it was resonating off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask Ricky to go before you because I know he's sleepy. <laughs> yeah. But he might have been joining me by there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. I won't go. Uh, I won't read everything. I'll just kind of hit a couple of highlights. I know you all had a chance to have the copy of the uh, report. One of the things I want to talk about uh, is the first thing on the report is the windstream fiber optic route. Uh, what they're trying to do is get a long haul cable set up um, that'll eventually go from Raleigh, North Carolina, all the way down to Jacksonville. Uh, right now they're renting uh, space on some cables and so they're trying to install their own. Um, and they've uh, submitted a route to us to see whether <coughs> or not uh, it is a viable route uh, for them to take. Most of the route will be along state routes uh, some of it will be on county routes. It's kind of difficult to see, but there's like a little red line that kind of squiggles across the Google Earth map that I showed you. And I think it's okay. Um, I've looked at the areas that it's going to affect us as uh, Liberty County, and I think it's suitable. Uh, it will be a, a use that will not harm what we're trying to do. Um, what they will end up doing is coming back to you Unless you guys say, hey, wait a minute, this is not a viable route. Trent, call them, tell them to come, come this direction. Um, they'll uh, get a design together, bring it to you, and then you'll actually give permission to place it in the uh, right away at that point sometime in the future. <coughs> so unless you have any questions or problems with the route, please let me know so I can let them know as soon as I can. Is that uh, cable of 
What kind of line? What kind of winch? Help it's me out. Fiber optic cable. Fiber optic. It'll optic just cable. be a buried fiber optic cable. Okay. Mm. For the most part now, that, and I've already told them, I said, you know, when you do get approval, there will be a standard mm -hmm. approval that you're in a right away at our leisure. If we make improvements to the road that require the relocation of you, your utility, you'll be required to remove that mm -hmm. utility at your expense. Okay. Is that something we get in writing, sir? Or? Yes, okay. sir. <coughs> right. so this is that, this red line right here that says Google Earth on the left? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's that really light red line. That's what they provide. Mm -hmm. How would we be, what county roads do we cross? Okay, so um, we got a little bit along Homestown Road, like the uh, dirt road portion. Mm -hmm. Homestown Road, where it turns the Eddie Walter Road, right. comes through there. It'll come through that route. Uh, that'll be where our most impact is. Then it'll get back on State Route 119, and then the other roads are in the city of Walterville. But they don't, they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't use, get on private property? They're wanting to be in right away, not on the county property. You know how much right away we got through that road? Home. That's very narrow. I told them they've got, I, I told them it's very narrow. So, yes, sir. They'll have to do all the surveying and all that at their expense. Oh, yeah, I understand that. I just wanted they could look like they could use condemnation and get it. Yes, sir. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer. <laughs> so, you know, they requested they try to put it in there right away, and, mm -hmm. you know, I, Looking at it, it looks like it'll work okay with us. I didn't leave any of our plants. Uh, we don't need nothing on the right of way. <clears throat> bad situation right there. We've been seeing that on Melvin Lane. Yes, We've had to, yes, had to move out, and that was the phone company did it. Had to wait. Yeah. Well, you know, years ago with the phone company, that would not have been a problem. That's true. Or with the power company years ago, that would not have been a problem. Uh, the next thing that... Uh, I want to bring to your attention is we finally did get a letter from Walterville about uh, roadways and accepting roadways. Um, the copy of the letter is there. I've made a recommendation to you guys on what you would like to do. So whenever you guys would like to act on that, um, please let me know. We'll make presentation or whatever you'd like me to do on that. But um, most of those roads, a lot of them we're already <coughs> maintaining anyhow, and this will kind of get our intergovernment yeah, agreement. Just in, it's a, officially have them on the, on the inventory. And Trent, Trent, I want to ask you about that. I would, um, when, I, when I rode around with um, Mayor Baker, it was um, some other, you know, roads or, or, or lanes more so. Yeah, and um, and, and not, none, of, none of them are, are, are on here. Yes, sir. Now, he and I talked about some of those, yeah. and we there are a couple of them that he needed to do some more work on before we accept send it over for acceptance. Okay. So we wanted to go ahead and get the ones that were clear, okay, taken care of, and then we can move on to the others. I'll I'll, I'll get with him, and um, you know, I mean, if, if but if these are the the ones that um that 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 he wanted, you know, from from your um visit with him, and if um and if it meet. Our criteria for accepting the roads. What what do you need us to do? You you need us just to take action to accept them or not accept them. Right this minute. Chair attend a motion. So move, Mr. Chairman. Second. Motion and second. We uh, accept the roads as listed for the city of Walterville with the review and recommendation of Commissioner Gillard and our county engineer. Any further discussion? Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Something about that the roads have to be paved, they still have to meet the 
right, the, the count. distance, right? I mean, it's got to be 60. how much mm -hmm. right away we got to have. Most of them are 60. Most of them out there now are 60? Well, lot, most of them on here are 60. Most everything that's on here are things that we're already maintaining. We're great. Well, most of these, like Martin Court is a paved road. Um, Fabian Lane is a paved road. Yeah, Martin um, is over there. Tempest behind, is behind definitely paved. Yep. <coughs> if it's by the yeah. plastic factory, is that in Liberty Camp? Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that part of it. It's in Cary Heights over in that area. Mm -hmm. Near the don't, one of the ones that's a dirt road is, is Hillary Lane, and we've been maintaining the front 1300 feet. We've been maintaining it for what was the ones we went down with the oh, what about a church by Reverend no. Frazier's church? Over yeah, there? yeah, no, yeah. that one, and then the one, um, Talking about Henry Hillary Herbert. Lane is over by the church. Yeah, I'll show y'all one in District One. <laughs> no, man. No. Henry Herbert is Henry Herbert is off of 119, um, but that's there. in the city of. That's in Walthamville. Okay. Yeah, Henry Herbert's not on here. No, it's, it's not on there. Is it 60? No, Henry Herbert's not. I don't know what Henry well, Herbert is off the top of my head. Hard to turn around. Yeah. <coughs> uh, th this is Hampton Ridge, which is uh, was never accepted um, for maintenance. And then mm -hmm. uh, Tibbet Road, everyone know what that is. Gregory mm -hmm. Court, Tempest Road. Um, as, as Trent said, they, these are paved roads. Um, and it's a list of dirt roads that Larry, uh, Mayor Baker, and I you know, went out there to look at. He's what he said. It's coming. Hampton Ridge. Oh, I, I think it was answered. I, I just wanted to make sure because I know Commissioner uh, in Church. Hiller was saying that it's some more over there. Uh, dirt roads. Yeah, most okay. of the dirt roads that um, that's, that we don't maintain, but but um, right there by. St. Thomas, right, right. your uncle's church, right? right. There. It's, it's a, a cluster of dirt roads. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you come in, it's like it's like three points. Right, you're right, and they all end up yeah. and, and um and they are not um mm -hmm. on the county's inventory. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. They're not being maintained. Period. Right. Well, uh, I think um, coming in, and I'm trying to think of the name, um, the, the name of one of the roads, mm -hmm. but it's. It's one off of there, like if you was at the church and going out toward 84, it's a little lane over there called Felina. Mm -hmm. that, that's one. And it was, it was about two or three clusters in there that's, and I don't know the names right off. Right. Because I, 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 I know we, we discussed that years ago about mm -hmm. trying to fix, fix those roads mm -hmm. or doing something. To, yeah, some, some of those roads needed easements on them. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not sure if the easements were <coughs> obtained on those. We did uh, easement documents and some surveys for them. It's been several years ago. Right, right. Okay. I just want to know if those were going to get in the inventory too. Yeah, we uh, we need to continue to to try to to try to get them, but I mean it's it's just one step at a time. Yeah, just private, and um, you know we, we we don't have an easement to get on there. But mm -hmm. but these right here were kind of like roads that was built in a subdivision that was never turned over to. Um, to the county for maintenance or to the city of um, Walterville, mm. I don't think. Well, so Walterville's got them. They well, just well, had not them to the intergovernmental yeah, agreement. To, to, we, okay, to the, the, the reason I was saying that was you were discussing roads and making sure that even if they were paved, Commissioner Gillard, about, I mean, part of that is taking it over is those covert pipes. That, I mean, 
that's going to be the, the one thing that you got to address. We didn't see anything of, that was wrong with Griffin Road out there that day. We were looking at all the culvert pipes. The roads were flooded and the yards were flooded. So are we looking at roads and, I mean, we're looking at everything within the right-of-way? On these roads here? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you're, you're having to do the culvert. I understand about grading the road and pulling a ditch. Right. I, I, I fully understand. I don't have a problem with it. But I do think that when we accept the road, that's already the culverts is in that they're one of the issues and uh, I, I don't know maybe I was asleep that day and there's a possibility I was but I know we, we I, ho I hope you so, so in other words Commissioner Gillard was driving yeah, right yeah, you, you were driving I okay yeah just mention that we we did say well, ain't nothing wrong with the roads it's the culverts mm -hmm. and then once they're draining, we realized, well, it's going down to Henry Herbert Road, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not our. Yeah, and, so, and, and that's, I think. Um, if everybody's looked at all that, that's fine. The, 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 the mayor and Trent worked on Henry Herbert and the, the, the city of Walthallville's engineer got involved in it mm -hmm. as well. So <clears throat> we get some relief. But then you got to get easements to, to maintain that as well. So all, all of that was part of it. Okay. But that, so that's you, it, yeah yeah we, I'm I'm satisfied with the list that um I'm I'm satisfied with the list that's presented yeah. on here by um by, that, by um by Mayor Baker for us to consider I'm I'm good with that list. Um, Mr. Chair, I'm sorry. On Hampton Ridge, and I understand what Commissioner Gillen is doing. That's good, but also, I mean, uh, to be realistic. Hampton Ridge is actually within District 1. I don't have a problem accepting it, but I just wanted to make that aware. At least Mayor Baker could have contacted me, you know, because it is within District 1. Not, I don't know if he's aware of that or not, but um, he needs to be let known what district is actually in. How about Tibbet Road? Is that is that you? Tibbet Road. That's yours too? Tibbet Road is mine too. Well, I, I could. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Gillard, on the left, on the left, hmm? going in where Bakerton Baptist Church is, that's me. On the other side is you. Okay. Well, actually, what I'm saying is we share Tibbet Road together. I, I could amend my motion for the ones in District Five if. No. Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying, go ahead. I, I'm just letting it be known where it's at. You know, all right, what's what's what, that's all. Mr. Right. Jones, you have something? Yes, sir, Mr. Chairman. Um, Trent, uh, I remember the original L. Midge project list had a Limerick Road listed on it. Yes, sir. And we're, I don't. We're coming to Limerick. Okay. We're coming to that list yeah, just, just after after this. Let's vote okay. on this, and then we'll. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on that one just yet. If you can hang tight, just a second on that question. Okay, and then again, Pete Rogers Road is on this, and it wasn't on the original list. Is this an addition? So. So I, I, I'm going to take a side for a second. Let's vote on this. We got a motion on the floor. Yeah. And then we'll come to that. All, right. All in favor of the. Did he get a second? Favor? Yes. He did. He did. Mm -hmm. All in favor? Okay. All right. Any okay. yes. And Commissioner Steve, I'll, I'll see Mr. Baker in the morning. Mayor Baker in the morning. I'll. Yeah, I mean, there's no. I'm just. So if he's not aware of what's where, right. then yeah. he needs well, to be you know, made aware of what's. You, you know, 
you could put up a, a sign and say now entering. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Everybody just needs to learn where their okay. district at. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll have him um abreast of that first you thing. Change pretty soon. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. So the last thing I want to bring to your attention is the Elmig uh, projects. So what I did is I. Not asking for action tonight. I want you to take this back and look at it. I've kind of provided a starting point. I've got a separate piece of paper. I had the regular meeting. If I can maybe be on the regular meeting for this. Um, so what we did is I, I've got several things that we've suggested to be on there, and I'm going to try to answer your questions in a minute, Mr. Jones. But kind of bear with me for just a second. Um, we've got Bill Carter Road on there because that is one of the projects we've got working right now. Uh, so a portion of it, uh, County Line Road, talked to uh, Commissioner Thrift. Mm -hmm. They can't do all of County Line Road to fix it, but we've got some areas that are starting to fail pretty bad. Uh, and go ahead and do a small segment. This is about a 0.86 miles of a section that we could do some repair and do some overlay to kind of help uh, County Line Road out. Um, this is one that I thought was be a good idea to help. Um, South Terry Road and Ray Road. So this is just the area, you know, we're making improvements to the uh, Salt Waste Convenience Center. Mm -hmm. And part of that, we're paving the roads around it so that access to that road, to that convenience center, will be much easier. So I was hoping to be able to use some LMIG funds to pay for portions of those roads that we're doing as we do the solid waste convenience center. Uh, West 15th Street, um, I put the striping on there. Um, don't have enough to do like a single package just yet of uh, regular <coughs> striping, so go ahead and put some money in there for uh, striping the West 15th Street. Uh, we'll go ahead and put some thermoplastic down instead of just plain paint. Uh, that road's got a lot of traffic on it. Mm -hmm. need something that's going to last a little while and Instead of putting down even heavy paint and then have to come back and do it again in five to ten years. Is all uh, that in the county? It comes no. in and out and in and out. It's in part of it is in the city too. Part of it's in the city. Mm -hmm. Now like the first part of the city I didn't include. I started at Davidson Plantation Road. Yeah. I know, but I mean do you wanna Yeah. Don't, don't you think that would be a good thing to do is let's get together and do it all at one time? I I don't I do. I do. But I really do. Who would represent? I might. Well, I may. I think that's uh, on the city. That's uh, Councilman Riles. I think, I think going out that way, I believe, out to 15th Street okay. toward those um, mm -hmm. Watergate Either Seven. I think. No, I, th I think it's. No, that's that's I think it's I think it's Riles. Riles. I, I think. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah, and, and I could easily tie that with one of my other projects and. That way we can get mm -hmm. decent prices on it. Instead yeah, of, I've had a lot of calls about the striping yes. out there. So I agree. Yeah. Now, Hey Rogers Road has been showing up on one of our uh, li lists of top roads that need to get repaired back when we did our roadway rating system several years ago. Uh, Commissioner Jones has asked me to look at Limerick Road uh, as maybe substituting Limerick Road for Pate Rogers Road. So this is just kind of a list. And I, you know, if you've got other things you would like to see on the list, let me know. We'll put it together and we'll make a presentation for you at the regular meeting. What about striping? 
Who's that? Duke? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. We got, I mean, if whatever striping we want to do, if you've got some striping mm -hmm. that you would like to see done, it might make it enough that I could get en enough to put a package together to do striping. Okay. All right. right now, it's kind of hard to get a package together with just 15th Street. Well, mm -hmm. okay. Well, that's fine. Something else needs to be straight. Commissioner Jones. Uh, Mr. Chairman, um, Trent, um, <clears throat> I asked that question because Limerick Road, I was saying, was on the original list. It is. Is there any reason that it was removed from the list? No, it hadn't been removed from the list. Okay, I just didn't see it. Yeah, this this is not the, this is just the list for the Elmig monies. So it's still, it's still on the, uh, um, Maintenance list. Maintenance list. But it was originally on. I just said the wrong. I couldn't get the word out of my mouth. It was originally on the LMIG list, wasn't it? No, sir. We don't. Have, we have not put uh, Limerick on an LMIG list in a while. We had LMIG. We had a little bit of Limerick on the LMIG list a couple of years ago um, when we did the overlay down in the Lake George area, um, and we have in the past done some work on uh, Limerick Road with Elmig monies. Uh, we've also done a lot of restriping on uh, Limerick Road with Elmig monies over the years. So it's benefited some from Elmig monies. So we can certainly swap and move and do. Yeah, Limerick Road certainly does have far more traffic than Peg Rogers. Yeah, and I'll just make that observation because since I've been on board, the last list of LMIG projects that I remember seeing had Limerick Road as one of those projects and um, there's a lot of traffic on that road, the shoulders outside of the white lines um, those trailers come down through there and you can, I mean it's, it's all beat up and uh, where the road I guess the cars drive down the road where it's puddled at if it rains, the water sets in the road. Uh, it's way more traffic on Limerick Road than it is Pete Rogers as far as priority, but I just thought I remembered it being on the original list as one of those prioritized projects. It is on the prioritized project list, come, and, so, and it has not come off of it. Okay. So it is still there. So, yeah. And this is just to apply for funding for the monies that are out there for us this year. Now, one thing you need to know, is we're going to get three hundred eight thousand dollars. That's what I was waiting for. Three hundred eighty thousand. How much? Three hundred eighty. It's in green. On this I top. see now. Okay. Right. And it's we green. we've got to spend one hundred fifteen. Now, if you add everything I got on this list up, it's like one point four million dollars. Yeah. Just... So you know. <laughs> Y'all just tell you, me what so you're you teasing do. us. <laughs> That's what I was looking. I was like, so you, uh, you got, yeah, um, it's a lot more than what we got. So yeah. you know, we may want to narrow this down some. Yes, three hundred and eighty thousand is tell me. The, the total for twenty twenty two. Yes, sir. And actually, on this list, you get to see what we got the last three years. You can kind of back up and you see in twenty twenty, which was fiscal year. I mean, at the end of middle of two thousand nineteen to twenty. We got four hundred thousand dollars, and then we got three fifty-three, and then we're back to three eighty. So it just depends on it. There's the Elmig formula is based on your population, centerline mileage, <clears throat> and how much money the state puts out. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they put quite as much in the pot, so we didn't get quite as much. Commissioner Stevens, uh, Commissioner Jones, 
Yes. I was just saying, when you were talking about Limerick Road and you are talking about the trucks running off, do you feel like Limerick Road need to be widened just a little bit? I would say. Like mm -hmm. two feet, Trent, you know what I'm talking about, if it's there? Yes, sir, I'll go back and remeasure. We did that in what, Lewis did we, Didn't we do a, a uh, widening project on that thing a long time ago? Did a long time ago we did. Mm -hmm. Did? Because yeah, it we used to go back to and measure 20, the lanes. And then we made it 24. Okay, so it's wide. And then we, then we overlaid it. Because remember, we had like a couple okay. of years where you had this strip of asphalt down the side, and then you held water in between. Okay, uh, I, I was awesome. just so. yeah, let yeah. me let me follow what Commissioner Jones was saying. Um, we talk about a priority list and talk about the LMIG list. Certainly, I would think you would pull from a priority list. Would you not? We do. Yeah, that's what that's what this that's, is from. Yeah, that's what I did. Is I pulled pasture because. Uh, <laughs> So Pate Rogers, Pate Rogers is up there on the is higher, top of the list. Higher too. Than, uh, than Limerick, okay. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where it okay. hit with Limerick, but it was in on the top of the yeah. list. Then how does how does this fit then, Joey, too, also when I consider our, our T-plus list? Well, well, you know, you, you, you our, two T-plus lists, yeah. right? You're the big list, which is countywide, right. which is probably not what you're talking about. No. But then how each commissioner yes. spends their T-splash money yeah. will not necessarily be by the priority, okay. priority list. But my point, I guess, is the commissioner's, you know, you know right. you're right, this is much more than $380,000, point we're taking. But you still have an opportunity from your T-splash funds to do. So right. we could pull from T-splash to help pay for this? Yes, ma'am. In fact, that's a good note that wherever the, the 115 match, will need to come from your districts mm -hmm. uh -huh. on anything you that we, that's on this list. Okay. That is, we don't have a side pot of matching money for right. LMIG funds. Okay. I know the uh, county line, and it's only, like he said, just a portion of it, of uh, that road that needs to be overlaid. And then obviously with uh, the new um, convenience center redesign is now, in there also from that, the, my The prices district. I have on that are just Road portions. Right, that's correct. Yeah, that, yeah mm -hmm. just for that. Put anything yeah. inside the site. Mm -hmm. Right, that's the right. State would not that's just anything the road the because it's definitely beat out. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, on, that, on that uh, convenience center that's in Ms. Thrift's district, is, um, how, how could you get with a DOT have a, to turn into there? Because if somebody's coming from Hinesville and they're trying to turn in, to that convenience center, you've got the traffic backed up all the way back to the next road. And I mean, it's a little different than what it used to be. I mean, that traffic is coming there 65 mile an hour, 70. And I mean, you go around that curb, it may be one of our employees going in there to, with a roll on roll off. But, um, these convenience centers that we've got, just like we talked about down here in Miller Park, even though they're going in, there's just not a turn lane here. And DOT is going to probably be the one that governs that, but we need to have some conversation. We're going to fix a road, a, a paved road mm -hmm. into it, and probably loop all the way back around. And I mean, mm -hmm. to, I don't know who's looked at it. I looked at it, and I'm sure. Ms. Thrift's looked at it a bunch. Oh, yeah, there's been several accidents there at that intersection. I mean, that's... Yes, sir. We, now, um, we can go back and talk to DOT, and one thing that may work, 
um, is a, a deceleration <clears throat> lane, but most of the traffic is not coming from the Glenville area turning in. It's mostly this coming way. from the Gun Branch area. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that would help us the most in that case would be a left turn lane. That's what I'm saying, turn lane. And, and so we can go back and look at the traffic we have going down through there and, and you know the funding that it would take to do a left turn lane and see if we can't start some conversations about trying to do something there as well. Okay. Well, let, let, let me insert this. <clears throat> This is something I was also talking about for years on Highway 84, about a left turn lane at certain areas where I know that we've had a lot of accidents at. I don't know if you all recall them, because mm -hmm. I can name them, Homestown, Bill Carter, uh, Lewis Frazier, Baconstown, and going east, uh, Butler Avenue. So this is the same thing what I'm talking about, a left turn lane that I have talked with the state rep about eight, nine years ago, still talking, have not gotten no action. Well, I think when you, you know, they used to have this thing in portions of this is going into a subdivision, this is going into a business, but I mean, there's the safety enhancements that has got to be addressed in this one. I mean, this has nothing to do with how many people live in, on that road anymore. It's, um, it's, a, it's a safety issue. Yeah, the, so the way you, you look at it. Yes, sir. So what you weigh is the traffic counts on 196 as well as the traffic. Most of, you know, you got some residents turning in there, but you got a lot of people turning into the convenience center. Mm -hmm. Well, Pete Rogers, back to uh, Commissioner Jones, is that's where you go into the convenience center, I mean, to the transfer station. Mm -hmm. And I think may be wrong, but we discussed... No, no, Rogers Pasture. That's Rogers Pasture. Rogers Pasture. Rogers is the road beside... You're talking about the, the by the shortcut store then. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, so, you know, that's why I say he's he's right when uh, Limerick has got more traffic on it. Oh, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Look at it and see. Do what you guys want to do. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we uh, are going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So, Wouldn't that be Commissioner Jones' decision to? Yes, it is. Mr. Right. Chairman, I, I, I want to say, um, if you look at these pictures in Clint's uh, Trent's first report, if you see Olive Street, there was two intersections at Olive Street and then one out at Baker Street. That's in my district and mm. it's in Hinesville. And um, these projects were, were funded by LMIG funds from last year. Yeah, the Olive Street, the Becky Street. Yeah, was not. yeah. But um, I think, you know, we, and we got 380,000. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of, we, we would get up here and we would kind of split it between the, the, the districts that had county roads in it. But I, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at this list and the, and the costs associated with these projects. So I'll just to show y'all that I'm not a hard-hearted person. I, I don't want uh, none of the, the 380 for anything. I'll just, you know, whatever we could do with it, use it in uh, the other districts to try to, you know, split it up instead of four ways, three ways or whatever. I, I mean, um, I'll just wait till um, the T-splosh stuff comes around and, and try to get some other projects done. So I, there's, that's not enough there with, with this list to try to even look at getting me splitting yeah. it. Evenly, you know, to give me 
forty thousand dollars or whatever. I mean that that mm -hmm. wouldn't I couldn't do nothing with that. But I I do appreciate the the support and the split that we got last year to get these projects done. Um, that's in this report here. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you, sir. Thank Mar you, Mary. You can have mine. Is, is basically what I'm saying. Woo! Uh, pay that. All right, yeah, pay back. He's <laughs> trying to find a route. Are you needing a motion tonight, approval, or just? Sorry, said no. No, we're I'm just not trying to get any action consideration. Tonight. Okay, uh, all right. Wanted you, I wanted some conversation with you guys. <laughs> I, I, I needed you this to start to, the to process occur. of who's going to get. <laughs> yes, sir. I, ne I needed this to occur. Top billing. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, this just when you look at it, I mean, with 380 and the the one that's number one, if if it's, it's the number yeah. is a half a million. Yeah. Um, so you know we could see, but I know that 15th Street because I go down that way to get in there. That's um, hard, to hard to see. Yeah, it, it is very hard. They need some lighting. Out there. Yeah, it's dark. It's dark down it's there. Dark. Yeah, real dark. Just one one question, Trent. Before you finish, uh, I, I remember years years past. I know we had the LMIG money, but we also had like some LMIG safety money. Yes. Uh, so, when does that come up for? Grabs. They call you. Perhaps. They call you and say, hey, we have some LMIG safety money. We'd like to do some work. Or we ask them for different projects or additional funding, and then sometimes we get additional safety LMIG money. So it's not only annual basis. Uh, we hadn't gotten any of that the last couple of years is because we got a bunch of it. Uh, okay. Most of that, specifically. Okay. I was just wondering because, you know, with sidewalk projects, because uh, I, I know that that's how I was able to get the sidewalk project on Bacon Road. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering. Yes, sir. That's exactly how we did that one. Right. Uh, I see this is kind of following Commissioner Gillis' lead as District 1, 3, and 4 on this list, and then we need to, some pricing on the Limerick. Yes, sir. So I guess if you bring that to us, sir, then we'll just, you know, I guess the thing to do is to divide the three. I'll probably take. Pete Rogers off and put Limerick. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we'll see what those numbers are. Then we'll just divvy it up, and right. you can use Elmig, and then they can use T Splos or or Splos to to do the rest. That's right. Okay. All right. Get Sir. You sold a dollar amount on that, Joey, sometime this week. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's what I just asked him. We'll do. We might be able to help Mr. Jones out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. May not be. Appreciate it, Trent. Well, you, you know, when, when when I just so graciously gave you did. Uh, my, my portion of them, when I, I just thought that um, somebody would ask me what size shirt I wear. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, huh? Yeah. Uh, All right. Thank you, Mr. Long. We do need to talk sometime during about the uh, Elm Street speed up. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. You get night. back with us with the Limerick numbers. Appreciate it, Trent. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Trent. Uh, let's play basketball. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, What's the project? What's the prognosis on the uh, Peacock Bridge, the one that we're going to take? You know, the state oh. is going to do some work on. Yeah, you missed that. You had stepped yeah. out. Yeah, that, I missed just, it. That's in. A, um, I update them the later. State is doing that. No, I, I want to hear from him. The peak, the yeah. Lewis Ridge Bridge. Yeah, it was on Hampton. Yeah, the state Hampton. is going to have that as twelve foot long. Okay, and that is under design. They're in concept review right now. Okay, all right, good. Jeff told us that. On Hampo, yeah. Mm -hmm. I must have stepped outside. Yeah. We, we, we were going to tell you. We were going to tell you. We were going to tell you they were they were in your district. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Mr. Gillard. We need to get a sign if out. You will, there. please, sir. 
Good evening, Good evening, sir. <laughs> I want to come for you tonight and discuss about basketball. Okay, sir. And we love to play, and we have some protocols in place. Mm -hmm. And just want to get a feedback, see what y'all can, you know, can you help us out that we'll be able to offer the basketball. Okay. We are being approved to use the middle school gyms with some rules in place, and mm -hmm. we have some rules here that we think can help us to, to have mm -hmm. a, a basketball season. And uh, the plan is that uh, we'll perform temperature checks at the door, okay. require masking. If a person don't have a mask, we'll provide a mask. And we'll have a sanitized station set up throughout the facilities. Mm -hmm. And to keep the numbers down, the schools want us to have no more than 200 people. But our plan would be just to have family members only come into the ball games. I know that won't be popular, but that's that's what we will propose. And we'll start with practices and games. We might not have as many games per night. Mm -hmm. So when this game over, we'll sanitize the gym and prepare for the next game. And at the end of every night, we'll have to sanitize our gyms. And, you know, that's that's what we have in place here. And I don't know if you want to talk about the Liberty <coughs> County Community Complex, the Stanford Pavilion, but we like to open those facilities at 50% occupation. Yeah, Mr. Chairman. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Mr. Gilliard, the what is the um, timeline on basketball? Well, when do y'all normally start? We need to. Well, we like to start signups on November the first. November first. Signups will start for November the first for two weeks in November, and then we'll have coaches meetings, mm -hmm. and then we'll do evaluations and we'll practice. Then we'll break for the holidays and we'll come back. But the season will start on January the eighth. January 8th, yes, that's when you have the families or whatever. Right, right. When, when somebody comes to practice, we'll only let family members in. If you brought your son to practice, you can come in with him, but we won't have all the other public in there. Gotcha. Okay. Control. Yes, yeah. we'll have control. Something tell me your phones are ringing. But they, well, people want to play. You know, we're doing football, but that's been the biggest question, and we, yeah. we said we'll be able to give them some information on Monday. We can announce it at the football game on Monday, whatever you let us know tonight. <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, look, Ricky, I know you you probably think that I was uh, opposed to this, but uh, last year I, I was. But uh, this time last year when we were talking about starting basketball, right. we, we didn't have a vaccine either. Right. You know, so right. so we, 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 we do have vaccine, you know, vaccines now for the people that want it. I mean, you know, kids a certain age can't get it, but the, the public, you know, the adult public right. or teenage public can. So to to me that 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 makes a difference. I, I know you would. I don't know if you were taking bets that I was going to vote against it, but um, well, but um, I um, you know well, that that helps the situation. You know, this time right. last year there was no vaccine. This time this year, with these precautions, you, you know, um, but I'm still thinking about it. I did, okay. but I talked right. to Commissioner okay. Jones and uh, my coach here to. Yes, give me, you, you, you give me their votes, cause I you, know my you, brother was fifty you, fifty. You, 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 you didn't even call me, sir. <laughs> oh, so you didn't need mine, eh? Well, I just seen, I see Coach Frazier there, cause he a football coach now, and I talked to Commissioner Jones before the meeting. I just figure if I got those two, <laughs> I, know, I know Mr. Waller and Ms. Crawford. God, I figure if I got four votes, I was good. He was good. <laughs> Man, I tell you, talk to me about. Um, I can't win. I can't said win. Half capacity at the uh, the, the middle school gyms don't want us to have no more than two hundred people. Yeah. So we, you know, we can control that. But like at Schumann and Rashburn, our centers, mm -hmm. we're just like have family members only. To keep the, you know, keep it down. Uh -huh. 
And when that game's over, they'll leave with sanitized, and the next group of people come in. You mentioned the complex, so you want to open that up? Well, we like to open up the complex and begin to rent it out, but do it at 50%, you know. Okay. We was able to let 200 in, and we only let 100 in. Do the same thing at Stafford? Same thing at Stafford. I know it'll be hard, especially at Stafford. We won't be there, but we just have to check it, and we'll put that out front. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Brown, Mr. Gillard, we did get a contract signed from Riceboro, correct? We did. We did, yes. Okay, okay. Yes, sir, we're good. Chairman, I don't know of anybody else in here that probably, maybe Gary, Ricky told him a little bit about basketball, but I think he's probably the professional in the room. Such a bad expert. I know last year, like Commissioner Gillard said, we followed the science. Right. And I think now we're still common sense. We're still following the science. Mm -hmm. you, uh, don't spike it. You have hit the nail on the head. If the parents don't want them there, yeah. inside a building playing basketball, you know what? They ain't going to show up. That's right. So I'm saying, if you have my blessings, I would support it. But I want to just ask one question now. The, uh, the, the middle schools, they, they have middle, they have middle school sports. Are, are they, um, have we heard of any instances of, you know, I, I know somebody said that Lewis Frazier that they had to quarantine uh, one team or, the, or the, the starting team or something like that for, for, for football. I, I don't know if that's true. You just, you just hear right. stories. I hadn't heard that. I heard are, a kid are, here, a kid there. Yeah, you know. are, are they playing middle school They're basketball? They're playing basketball. They're, They're practicing playing. basketball right now. And the high school is slated. Wide open, yes. And we've been approved to use their gyms. How about Bradwell football? Is that is what they're doing? Is that called playing? Oh, <laughs> well, I think Coach Frazier, he coaching football. He can answer that for me. He zero and three. There you go. No, we're not. <laughs> we time. won last night. We oh, oh, you remember? Oh, oh. You remember? We we won last I'm night. I'm sorry. All right. You ought to be in here, Ricky. Yeah. Ricky, we didn't even vote yet, man. Right, the, the, I, I, you you about to lose the vote? Yeah, Mr. Brown, you want to <laughs> say anything? Only thing I want to say is yesterday's transmission rate was down to 202, ah. which is low. I mean, that's almost down to the 100. Almost down right. to mm -hmm. So far, yeah. looking good. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Let's put it to a vote. Watch this, Ricky. Watch Chair. this. <laughs> Chair, to a motion to approve the request from the LCRD. I do, uh, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Right. Make that motion. Second. Second. Motion and a second. We approve the presentation and request from Mr. Gillard on behalf of LCRD. Any further discussion? All in favor, raise your right hand. You saw that? If, if Ricky about to vote. Thank you. Mr. Brown, <laughs> uh, we going to open up after the football, you know. Yeah, that's the other thing Ricky yeah. mentioned and Jimmy had mentioned also is because of the need to do the cleaning and, the, and everything that's involved there, we use part-time people. They're tied up right now. Uh, doing all the football stuff. So mm -hmm. as soon as they free up, I mean, we still go ahead, we do the registration, do all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But the actual starting date will be delayed just until the time those part-time people free up. But yeah. that shouldn't be a huge right. delay. But we finished on September the 4th. I mean, November the 4th. Yeah, it wouldn't be a huge. Yeah. We have other people, all our part-time people working football or soccer right now. Okay. 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 All right. Come see us anytime. Right. Go Come back and see us anytime. In spite of. I would. Thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Gillard. Appreciate it. Right. Swim team. Going from basketball to swimming. Hey, Mr. Brown, am I allowed to get yeah. stuff out? Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. I'll help you if you want me to, or you can. Okay, let me do that when you go ahead. Is that a check? Like we don't have. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> How you doing? 
Good, right. good. Hey, um, thank you so much for um, the opportunity to come in, in, and talk to you guys tonight. Um, uh, on behalf of uh, our, our head coach, uh, Joe Witt, uh, staff, um, the families and the swimmers of the Savannah swim team, I, I want to, to thank you. Um, thank you for letting us use your facility and, and be a part of your community. Um, it's hard to believe I, I talked to you guys about four years ago. It's been that long? It's been four years since we had discussions about coming to the Midway Pool. And the last time I, I, I talked with you was about two and a half years ago. It was in January. I looked at my notes, January 2019. Uh, so so qu quite, a, quite a, a, a while ago. And I mean, the time got away and COVID happened. And, um, but here I am now. And, and hopefully, uh, this will be the best few minutes of your day. Um, <laughs> and I say that it's, it's the best few minutes of my day because I get to talk to you about the families and the young men and women of this swim team. And um, every day that the families and these swimmers impress me uh, to no end. And I hope to share, uh, share what we're a little bit of what we're about and uh, share a couple stories with you that uh, when I share them, I, 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 it leaves me a goosebump sometimes when, when I share these stories and, and uh, hopefully you feel the same way. And the, I want to share these the stories because these are stories are not happening in, outside. They're happening right here in Liberty County, and that's why it's important. Um, first, let me, let me, for some new faces here, I want to introduce myself and, and let you know that, hey, we, uh, we came here four years ago. The Savannah swim team asked to uh, utilize the, the pool in Midway. Um, the Savannah swim team is a USA swim team. There's... Golly, I think there's several hundred. I think there's 300 swim teams across the nation. Uh, 393,000 registered USA swimmers. Uh, 7,000 in the state of Georgia. Mm. Our little group in Midway, we have about 50 swimmers now. When I, when I talked to you four years ago, we had about 12. We're about, up about 50 now. So uh, 50 full-time full swimmers. A lot of, a lot of, when, I, when I stepped before you, I, I told you that, hey, um, a lot of times you think swim team, hey, these kids aren't real ser serious and playing. But I know Mr. Frazier's been out there. I know Mr. Stevens has been out there. Uh, Mr. Martin um, and the deputy parks and rec gentleman has been out there. And you see, you see what those kids are doing. And in fact, what I put in front of you is one of our, 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 what our, our typical week a week in this October, what our swimmers do every day, what I ask them to do. If you take a look at those first few pages, you'll see uh, they're swimming seven days a week. Not only are they swimming seven days a week, two of those days are swimming twice a day. Workouts before, if they're not swimming in the morning, they're doing workouts before, before school. After their workouts in the evenings, they're going home eating dinner and doing workouts after school. Our swimmers are committed to excellence in the pool and outside of the pool. Uh, they continually amaze me what they're able to accomplish. Um, before I get started, and, and I want to, on the very back page, if you have a minute, uh, I'd like you to look at the very back page. 
some of the, some of the things on the back page. Uh, before I start talking about some of the accomplishments, I wanted you to see some of the challenges we've had since 2019. And by no means am I am I pointing the finger or, or uh, trying to say anything other than these were the challenges that our swimmers had to overcome over the last couple years. Hey, pool maintenance issues that happened, nobody's fault. COVID, which closed us down three different times. Um, there's obviously some conflicts uh, with uh, uh, swimmers needing to use the pool and water aerobics classes and uh, pool rentals that, that temporarily shut us down. Um, but my swimmers and my team have found a way to overcome these things. And it makes it all the more impressive. Um, and hopefully in the future, we can alleviate, continue to eliminate these challenges to give our swimmers every chance to succeed. Our counterparts in, in Atlanta, Swim Atlanta and Dynamo, the biggest teams, not only in the state, but some of the biggest teams in the country that have between two and 3,000 swimmers in Atlanta, we compete head to head with those teams. Those teams don't rent pools, they own pools. And they have access to those pools 24 hours a day. And our swimmers still, as I'm gonna read through some of these accomplishments, go head to head with the very best, not only in the state, but in the nation. And, and, and you'll see that here in just a second. So right after January, things really started picking up for our team right, right after January in 2019. And I'm gonna share kind of the journey of, of one of our swimmers his name's Stephen Jones, and, and he's kind of the face of our team right now. And he's been on this journey for a while, and, and there's others on our team that are on the same journey, but I want to share a little bit about his journey, and it started really in 2019. Uh, February of 2019, literally less than a couple weeks after this meeting in 2019, Stephen went down. He was 14 years old. He went to Atlanta to Georgia Tech. And uh, he competed in the 14 and under um, Georgia State Championships. He goes there, um, never won a state championship or anything before. He not only goes there, and that day he wins two state championships, one in the 100 fly and one in the 200 fly, and really starts putting Savannah's swim team on the map. And if you want to put a stamp on his performance, he set the Georgia State record in the 200 fly on that day. Mm. What does that mean? Of all the thousands and thousands and thousands of swimmers that have ever swam in the state of Georgia, no boy or girl 14 and under has swam the 200 fly as fast as him. Wow. We've had, I think there was four or five Olympians that came from the state of Georgia in this past Olympics. The people he beat to get that record, it's a long and distinguished list. Some of them swam in the Olympics. Just absolutely amazing. His journey continued that year. Um, he turned 15 right after that. That summer, we go to the senior, the senior state championships. They have two uh, championships in the state of Georgia, the 14 and under, and then they have what's called the senior state championships, which means it's open to anybody in the state, college swimmers, postgraduates, anybody who makes the time can qualify for that meet. In the summer, it's more competitive than ever because you have Georgia and Georgia Tech who currently are both ranked in the top 20 in the country as far as college swim teams. Their best swimmers are at this meet. And here comes little old Stephen Jones 
competing as a 15-year-old in the senior state championship. Georgia Tech swimmers there, Georgia swimmers, 200 fly finals, he's in it. And lo and behold, coming down that last, last 50 yards, in between a Georgia Tech swimmer and a Georgia swimmer, he outswims them all. It was just absolutely amazing. I want to set the picture for you, and it kind of gives me chills to think about. One side of the pool, you have the, tech, the coaches from Georgia Tech. The other side of the pool, you have the coaches from Georgia watching their swimmers. In between me, in between them, is me. Have you ever seen a, you ever seen a third base coach waving home a guy that, from second base to, uh, to, to, to go in, there's going to be a play of the plate? You ever seen that coach with his yeah. arm? That was me on the deck. <laughs> I was waving my arm. I know I looked like a maniac. My wife called me crazy. But it was happening right there. And he made a statement, and he won that day. 15-year-old Stephen Jones. I said that day to my son. He's my son. And I caveat this. He's been in my program for six years. I said, hey, if you make your time to go to junior nationals, if you make that time, I'll take you out there. Well, not only did he win, but he made the qualification time to go out to Stanford, California and swim with the very best swimmers in the country. So here we go, little old coach from Midway, his son, and I take his brother who'd been training with him all this time. So we go out to Stanford, California, out there with the very best swimmers in the country. 95 swimmers had qualified to make uh, that trip out to Stanford, California, 95 in the 200 fly. They have preliminary rounds, and they take the top eight to go to the finals. Preliminary rounds, he swims in the final heat, finishes third in his heat, and eighth overall. The best 18 and under swimmers in the country, many of which who just swam in the Olympics. He finished eighth. He goes to the finals, youngest, youngest in the finals, 15 years old, very best in the country, he finishes seventh. Pretty impressive. Impressive even more, he's only four-tenths of a way as a 15-year-old, four-tenths of a second from making the Olympic trials. That's what you have happening here in Midway. Mm. And he is only the tip of the iceberg. There's swimmers coming behind him, and I'm going to share their names that are going to be better than he is. His time right there earned him a trip to the Olympic Training Center, the Olympic USA Swimming the national and junior national team host the best 15 and 16-year-old swimmers in the country. He got invited to Colorado Springs in October right after that to train at the Olympic Training Center with the best coaches in the country and the best swimmers in the country. Pretty awesome. The coach got to go too. So we're at these coaches' meetings, and here's a coach from Midway talking about where I train and what I do with my swimmers. I had a seat with Olympic coaches, the very best co coaches at the country, asking what we do and how we do it in Midway. Thank you. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So they're asking me from Savannah in Midway, how do you do this? How did you get your guy there? Steven finished that uh, junior national race. At the time, he ranked second in the country, 15-year-olds in the 200 fly. Pretty impressive. Stephen went on that, that year uh, that year as a freshman, finished fourth in the state, uh, Georgia High School State, uh, in the 100 fly. He lost to three seniors. Next year, he was a Georgia State High School champion in the 100 fly. 
I know you're getting busy, so I won't bore you too much more about that. But I will tell you, he just signed a swim at Georgia Tech. Mm. Pretty cool. That's happening right here in Midway. I'm going to share a couple other stories with you, too, about some other swimmers. He's got a little sister. His sister's name's Reese. She's 11 years old. Um, at, at 11, she just won her ninth, ninth state championship. She's nine-time Georgia state champion. She's currently ranked 27th in the country for 11 and 12-year-old girls in 100 breasts. 27th in the entire country. Jack Hendricks, 12 years old, uh, 2020, second in, second in the fly, second in the 100 free, uh, just amazing. He's on his way up. He's also about a foot taller than Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Schonk, who trains at our pool, Georgia state champion this year, 50 free, sectional champion, which is the Southeast United States sectional champion. She just set the Georgia state record in the 50 free for 11 and 12 year old girls. Pretty awesome, right? Allie Pearson, 19 year old girl, trains at our facility, state champion in the 50 free, 50 fly, 100 free. A lot of state champions. We're at 40 kids. They were doing it when we had 30. We're competing against the best kids at Swim Atlanta Dynamo, thousands of swimmers, and we're going head to head with them. It's pretty incredible. I share with you the accomplishments of, of some of these swimmers that we've had, and that's only the, that's, that's good, but I'll, that's only the tip of the iceberg. I'll tell you what's better, and I hope I'm not taking too much of your time. But this is important. We're developing not only great swimmers, but we're developing leaders here. Several of, our, several of our swimmers have gone on to get Naval ROTC scholarships. They've gone on to swim in college at Piedmont. They've gone on to be coaches themselves. Our top ranked uh, female swimmer, Yenna Park, I wouldn't be surprised next year if she's not signing with the Air Force Academy. She's that good. She's that service-oriented. We're developing leaders here that I hope for our sake come back here and carry on the traditions of Liberty County. All these people, you know, they come from all over. They don't just come from Liberty County or Hinesville or Midway. We have people come up from Brunswick. People come from Poor. We have people come from Savannah just to train with our group in Midway. They drive past the Chatham County Aquatic Center to come to Midway. Pretty impressive. All these things, like I said, are happening right here in Midway. We have all these people coming. You know, what, what's in it for the community? Yeah, I have people drop their kids off. They're spending a lot. They're spending over two hours a day driving around Midway. And I promise you, they're spending a lot of time in Hinesville um, doing their shopping and those kind of things. So we're bringing other things to the community. They're spending their money here. Um, we're employing a Liberty County Rec Department person probably I know, 20 hours a week. So hopefully we're helping the economy a little bit also. Um, the pool facility, um, I want to thank you for it. It's, it's, it's super important to us. And I want you to know how important it is. We clean it 10 months of the year. We vacuum it. We scrub the pools. 
We do everything to take care of it. It's literally to our swimmers, it's a second home. So we treat it, we treat it very well. And uh, we're, we appreciate um, you letting us use it. And we want you to know that it's, it's you know, the, the rec department cares for it, but we have a, a vested interest in seeing that pool um, doing as, as well and being maintained as well as possible. We just spent uh, $20,000 on brand new pool covers, not only keep the heating pool, but to help keep the water bill down. We spent about $6,000 on starting blocks. Um, and we've done some other things there to, to help with the, the vacuums. So we've invested some money into the pool also. Um, time in, time in energy. Our staff is still an all volunteer staff. Most of our coaches spend 20 to 30 hours a week, uh, all voluntary. All our funds go to, to, to pay for the propane tank, that thousand gallon propane tank that, that uh, we just turned on the other day. So that's where our budget goes. Why you, why you ask, do we do this? I don't know, did that cross your mind? <laughs> it's super easy for our coaches. We're around some of the very best kids um, and best families that, that you could ever possibly want to be around. Um, I kind of got carried away with myself. I forgot to, to share a little bit of my background. I'm a veteran of the Army, 101st. I just retired from the United States Secret Service after 24 years. I'm still a full-time employee at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. And I only mention that because I want you to know this, I'm a voice for the families and swimmers, and I take this every bit as seriously as my previous jobs. It means that much to me, um, and I just want you to know that. I do this because they really, the families and the swimmers, make me a better person. And that's, that's why I do it. And I challenge you, if you come out and meet these kids and meet these families and see what they do every day, I, I bet you will take something away from it and be just a little bit better for, for meeting and knowing them. And you guys make that possible. And I thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Joe. I don't know if you have any questions, but I'd, I could talk, I, I could talk the more, more about swimming than the lady could talk about millage, millage fees. I've got one Thank question you. for Mr. Brown. Yes. I noticed in the recreation minutes, they had a leak, a water leak down there. Did they get taken care? They, they did, uh, were able to address one. There is still, from what I understand, Rob's probably got a better feel for that. He's there every day, almost, uh, either swimming or working. Um, as, as, as to the other piece to that, but I think the other is in the restroom area. I mean, it's, it's not directly involved with the pool. My, my understanding is they fixed the main pool. There's still a leak in the baby pool. Yeah. Um, that has not been, or they're still working on right now. You know, the great thing is we practice seven days a week. I am at the pool seven days a week, sometimes twice a day. And then when I'm not there, um, I'm responsible for cleaning and vacuuming it. So I'm there even more. And it's, I think it's really good for the facility because you have eyes, you have somebody who cares at that, about that pool that has eyes on that pool every day. Um, and I think that's a benefit to, to the county because um, we're there to, to, to mm -hmm. keep it safe and, and running. Um, 
Anything else I can, I'd love to answer some questions. Oh, just, just a statement, Mr. Chair. Uh, I remember meeting you, Coach Rob, a little bit over four years ago, and and you all were looking for a place to host the, the swim team. I just want to say thank you, and especially to uh, our commission as well. You know, I, I think this has really became a great partnership. Uh, just like you said, it's a heated pool now, you know, and that was because of you all. And, um, and more importantly, the impact that is really trickling down to, to, to the kids. I'm, I'm, I'm more happy that just hearing their accomplishments, but it's, it's, it's bigger than just their accomplishments. It's, it's their teamwork, you know, them learning that. It's, it's, it's all the, the small things that, that we look forward to seeing what they do later on in their life. And I just want to say appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, if I, I, I don't want to take more of your time, but this is, it's important to note. I have swimmers as young as six years old, and as, they go all the way up to 17 boys and girls. They train together every day. Yeah. So the little kids see the big kids. We do team building events where the little kids work with the big kids. Um, so there's a, there's a bond in there and there's a learning. Our, our, our older kids are excellent examples. They're leaders in the pool. And that's, you want to set a good example, have a, have a teenager set a good example and the little kids look up to them I don't think there's a lot of other sports where you have that kind of training and cohesion with that kind of different age groups. And it's happening there. And our, our older kids, uh, the ones that are in high school, are the best examples that you could ever possibly ask for. All of them are honor roll students, scholastic All-Americans. Um, the biggest gripe I have with most of our high school students is that they're staying up late studying at night. I'm like, get to bed to get your rest. That's my biggest complaint with these kids. I, I ask you, have you ha heard any complaints about any, anything going on at the pool? Any? The, the only complaint I've heard is a shortage of lifeguards. And, and I, I just wish that we, we could figure out a way to, to have some type of partnership with you all and, it's, and the team. And have I'd, some, some I'd be happy to, to talk and work with you offline. Right. We could, Absolutely. We, we could have those discussions. I have some ideas, and mm -hmm. I think we could work something out if we would talk offline. Right, absolutely. It's, it's, it's not a complaint about you all. It's right. just a complaint about us, you know, just ha having a, a, a the lack of nationwide. A, right, lifeguards. Mm -hmm. So I, I would just love to see some type of partnership between us and, and you all. Absolutely. Right, with, with the team to, to get lifeguard training, to hopefully, you know, so we won't have the shortage of lifeguards like we Good did. Good collaboration. Yeah. collaboration. Sir. Thank you, sir, for coming, man. You're, yeah, you're, thank, you, thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate your time. You Thank can't you. hide your passion, I tell you there that. There you go. You can't hide your passion. <laughs> it's right all over your face. Mr. Brown, anything else for good at all? Just to let you know, we finished working with the Board of Education members today on the redistricting, and so uh, next week we've already got a meeting set up to uh, go ahead and use Maptitude and start putting some of that material on the map so that we can follow up with some meetings with, with y'all afterwards. Okay. Yeah, it's been a very good process. Thank you for your participation. And Mr. Chairman, yeah. okay, so, Joe, you've, you've finished with the Board of uh, not Board of election board of education board of education mm -hmm. so is there opportunity to entertain the board of election in this process or not not in the process of drawing the lines no sir not not in the process of drawing the lines mm -hmm. okay he's going to meet with them 
I'm actually going over to meet with them to give them a progress report mm -hmm. uh, at their next meeting. I believe it's next Tuesday. Monday, Mr. Monday, 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 all right, thank you, sir. And just don't don't forget your books. Yeah, we, I, I noticed the commissioner. <laughs> he, he says he's on there somewhere. What book? <laughs> what book? Oh, boy. He, he just, just, just make sure that, that you all. Right. Right. Uh, you, you, hey, 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 look. Hey, hey, matter of <laughs> 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 Hey, look. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to read it. You know, you don't even have to open up the cover. That's a different person. Uh, uh, thank, thank you. Chair Taylor, motion to adjourn. So moved. Chairman. All in favor. All right. Mr. Padgett, thank you for coming, sir. Wish you much success with your studies at Georgia Southern.